Hey guys, welcome back to the Anime Collector, and welcome back to the OCA podcast. Um, Augie is going to be here in just a moment, uh, running a tiny bit late today. So um, I want to start off <clears throat> by mentioning that one of my smoke detectors, uh, the battery's low, and I don't know which one it is, <laughs> but it's chirping like crazy and driving me nuts. So as soon as Augie's here, I'm going to go find out which one it is and just unplug it. Um, the one in my office, uh, when I first moved in, and I changed the battery and everything, and I never got it to stop chirping, so eventually I just took it off. I, I don't know. So hopefully that's not the case with the one uh, that's chirping now. But um, to get started, uh, I guess I'll just give you guys the agenda. I mean, <clears throat> oh, actually, I should probably get the I should probably get the chat up on this other computer here. <laughs> should have thought of that ahead of time. Let's see, live streaming. But to give you guys a little uh, idea on the agenda. Anime Expo was not too long ago, so we'll be talking about that a little bit. Let's see, control room, just pulling up the chat real quick. Live chat. Pop out chat and full screen. Okay, we're good over here. And there's actually a really cool thing you can do on MacBook. I'm going to do over here, I'm going to pop out the chat. Oh, wait. <laughs> it disappeared. Oh, here. Okay. Had to refresh it. Uh, where you can actually pop out the chat, and um, it it's like it's it's smart, however this thing works. Uh, but you pop out the chat and drag it to the same... Oh, hey, hey Danny. Um, you pop out the chat and drag it to the same window, and you can pop it in the side. It's awesome. Anyway, um... So yeah, Anime Expo was uh, July 1st through 4th. There was a major problem this year, uh, which I'm going to be getting into. Um, they're under new management, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be reiterating this in just a moment, so I'm going to kind of let people filter in a little bit. Okay, FDDNM, are you saying that there was an you just, oh, hey, there's Augie. Hold on one second. Throw me a link to the YouTube in the background. So. <laughs> um, FDDNM, are you saying that you came in as I was saying something, or did, did I cut in and out? Augie, can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Okay. However, I'm not looking for YouTube. Oh, yeah, that's true. So let me know, chat. Can you guys hear me? Let me type. I'll just type it in the chat. to get dinner at Taco Bell went way too slow. Dude, I went... So, remember we talked about uh, whether or not... Okay. Thank you, FDDNM. Um, remember when we talked about how I needed to watch uh, the stuff for the podcast? Yep, yep. I totally forgot about it. <laughs> um, uh. And uh, so, I, I've been working... so. Let me just preface this by saying that my, my wife and son are in California right now with um, my in-laws. And uh, I've worked pretty much nonstop since I got back from Anime Expo on editing videos and putting stuff together. 
the video, by the way, there's a there's a link in the description. Don't check it out now. Uh, it'll be there. You know, it's a, it's a link to my newest upload uh, that'll be coming out in the future. I'm waiting on. I'm trying to get permission to use a clip that I used at the end of the video from somebody else's YouTube channel. Um, so I don't know if the video that's in the description is the one I'm going to make public. I might have to upload a different one, but I've been working like a dog since I got back. And basically, I got up at 2 o'clock this morning, uh, and I was working, and all of a sudden I heard a, um, like my, my whole sense of time is completely disoriented because I don't work when I'm home alone, you know, I'm not, I'm not working on my family schedule. Um, I literally just work the entire time that I'm awake. Oh, okay. Hold on. Uh, Augie's requesting something wrong. I should probably go. Oh, right. Cause you can't see the chat. That's right. Sorry about that guys. Um, let me go to events. One second, everybody. Sorry, Augie. I'm a little underprepared as, as it is apparent, I'm sure, to you. Okay, I'm sending it to you over uh, Facebook. There you go. All right. What was I saying? Um, so I got up at I got up at two and I worked for a couple hours and then I heard um, a woodpecker, uh, which we have all the time uh, where I live. And I'm like, that's bizarre. Normally, those are only out in the morning. And then I look over at the window, and I'm like, oh, it's 5 a.m. <laughs> so uh, I, I worked all night from 2 to like 10. And then I had something planned. Uh, hey, Mecca guy. I had something planned that I was going to do for the video. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself until 12. I want to get this video rendering and uploading. Uh, and then I'm going to go to bed and wake up in time uh, for the podcast, right? Because uh, I didn't, I didn't want to have been up since 2 a.m. this morning before the podcast. Uh, and then I got in bed, and I, I looked at my clock, um, and I realized, oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's right. The podcast is tonight. Um, and then I was like, I haven't watched any of, the, <laughs> any of the videos. So I watched Go Into Guy World, uh, and then um, – I decided because I usually get up at seven on on the days when the podcast is, and then the podcast is at nine, just so that I can wake up a little bit. So uh, I got up. Um, I had the hardest time getting to sleep, but I eventually I got up at six thirty uh, instead of seven, and I watched uh, the rest of the stuff we had to watch. So we're all good here, um, and I think that I've I've eaten up enough time that people have <laughs> come in, and I can stop, uh, you know, stalling. <laughs> so anyway. Augie, do you have anything you want to say to start off since you're kind of, um, you came in at an odd time? Oh, what did you start off talking with? Oh, I, I was just stalling the whole time uh, because okay. I started talking and, and there were literally zero viewers. So I was like, ah. <laughs> you know, okay. um, yeah. normally we just do our intro, but I, I, I briefly mentioned uh, we're going to be talking about Anime Expo. Okay. But other than that, that's pretty much all I said. Oh, the, the thing I started off with was saying that uh, you guys are probably going to hear it. it. It's actually stopped, which is kind of bizarre. But um, one of my smoke detectors uh, is chirping at me. And the one that was in my office when I first moved in was doing that. And I took it down and I changed the battery like three times and it never stopped chirping. So I just took it oh. out. So um, there's okay, one somewhere was... in the house. Yeah, I don't know which one. 
I keep Say hearing that. Every time that we have a conversation, it sounds like someone's backing up a forklift. I don't know what that is on your end. That's not coming. Well, okay, I know what that is actually, but but this is something different. It's not it's not the smoke detector because I would have already changed. There's no way I would have been able to live in a house where that kept doing that um, all all those previous weeks. But uh, uh, yeah, FDDNM. That is um, that is Augie, the other mod that's in chat. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but uh, the noise that you're hearing, for some reason, when one of the power strips in this office is turned on, there's this ridiculously high-pitched beeping noise that is so freaking annoying. And I have to turn off the power strip before I record any videos in here. Um, but it's the power strip that the, the, the computer I've got chat on is plugged into. So anyway, we're not talking about anything here. But let's, let's move on to actual topics. Do you want to talk about uh, pickups? Yes, let's get today's invention exchange yes, done. Yes, let's let's talk about uh, nobody's boy Remy here. Let's let's get through that. Oh, oh, you got your coffee? <laughs> but, no, you you claim to have gotten a coffee. <laughs> well, I have not claimed that, but do you have yours to show? Yeah, hold on. Lupin, Borges, it's right here. Yeah, I've got my copy right here. All right. Well, let's get yours done first. Since you've been to been to AX, hopefully okay. it's a pretty good move. He's been torturing me with this with this news. He says he got nobody's boy Remy. I bet you it's the French set. I'm just gonna say that right now. Anyway, so I picked up from the discotheque booth. Actually, I am. I tried to get Karate Master and um, Go Nagai World. Wasn't at the con at all. <laughs> None of the booths I went to had it. Um, so I picked those up on Amazon. But uh, I also picked up um, Arcadia of My Youth Endless Orbit SSX. The Blu-ray of Arcadia of My Youth, which I don't even have a working Blu-ray player, but I got to tell you, <laughs> it looked pretty freaking gorgeous on the screenshots I saw. Um, yeah, <laughs> I got, uh, Dagashi Kashi from the Funimation booth. And I got to tell you, uh, don't buy anything from the Funimation booth because they don't take care of their stuff at all. Um, let me grab what else I got. I think it was actually this one. No, it was. Well, it's like the last thing. Um, I also picked up from the Funimation booth, dang it, headphones, um, Steins Gate, the movie. And both of these things were in terrible shape with the ones that they handed me. And I'm like, seriously, guys, can you do something about this? These uh, slip cases are destroyed. In fact, the reason I went to buy Steinsgate from there is because I bought it three times from Amazon and each time it was just, it was wrecked. So I, I sent it back and, uh, and bought it from Funimation. So they went and they just dug through a box and got me a replacement for both sets. Um, I did order a Blu-ray player. Uh, they packaged it like they were vengeful over the fact that I won a bid of only 12 cents to get it because uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, everything about it works. There is no remote, as Augie said. Um, everything about it works in terms of you can plug it in and you can see the uh, 
like the whole like Netflix hookup and all, all the Wi-Fi stuff appears to be working if I could only access the Wi-Fi and put it in, you know, because I don't have the remote. Uh, but the Blu-ray aspect of it never starts playing anything. So <laughs> anyway, but uh, just to get through this, I don't know if you guys can see that very well, but this is all junked up. So kind of annoyed with Funimation right now about that. Um, by the way, before I forget, I talked to the people at the Funimation booth and I got them to confirm for me that um bouncing. Ah, there you go. You're back. Say what? The video froze. There's that chirp. It I swear every time I get closer to where I think it is, I'm it sorry. sounds farther away. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to get I need to get a um a PlayStation or something. Um, but anyway, so I also picked up uh, the Mystic Archives of Dantalion from Anime Depot because this was another one that I bought it on Amazon like four or five times, you know, and they just kept sending me ones with really horribly junked up uh, slip covers. Um, I got Dororo from Discotheque. Gangsta Limited Edition from Anime Depot for a great price of 70 bucks. Um I got Goku Midnight Eye, Gundam Build Fighters, uh, I guess the first set, Gundam Evolve. Um, I bought both of those two from uh, Media Blasters. Oh, you, uh, you just went from good to worse. You gotta be kidding me. Okay, I'm going to leave the call real quick and come back in. Okay. Continue broadcast. Let me. The commenting about the gangster. Oops, that's okay, not I'll, even the special. Uh, that's not. All right. Join. Yeah, take me there. What the? <laughs> that's bizarre. Okay, am I in? Am I in? What the heck? <laughs> that was bizarre. Okay, so the gangster, the set looks really thick because it's one of one of Funimation's uh, infamous extras packaged separate uh, kind of dealios. So, you know, you got to like cut open the uh, shrink wrap and remove the extras. That's why it looks so thick. So you said this isn't this is this isn't the, the special edition? I recall like the... Did they have another special? The other collector's edition is supposed to be like a thick box with a slant. Hmm. Well, if it if it doesn't look like something that belongs in a bookcase, I'm kind of glad I didn't get it. Anyway, so I also got uh, Gyo Tokyo Fish Attack, which, from what I've seen and what the uh, what the you know pictures on the back, it looks like a animated version of Sharknado. I also got from Discotech. Loop on the third Island of Assassins Blu-ray, and I accidentally bought a second copy of Loop on the Third Operation Return the Treasure. Um, and my chat just froze or whatever on the other computer. And then uh, I think the first DVD I bought at Anime Expo when I, it was during the. Um, since I had the premiere fan pass this year, I got to go into the exhibit hall an hour early. 
and I, I I went you know I always start at the far end and I just go through the whole thing and, and get a mental layout of where booths I want to go to are. Um, I found this at a, a booth, uh, Photon the Idiot, for only forty five bucks. Um, oh, forty five. Yeah, what did you think it was? Four four dollars and fifty cents? No, I thought no, I got you. I thought you got five dollars from the picture that you sent. <laughs> no, no, but. Uh, um, it was a really, it was a booth that wasn't selling DVDs, but they had a box of DVDs there, and I, I just went through it real quick, found this one. I'm like, oh, sweet, you know, been meaning to pick that up. And then FDDNM uh, requested that I keep an eye out for Ronma Set 4 for the Blu-ray. Turned out that uh, he was looking for a special edition that I didn't know existed because I was it wasn't on my radar to pick up Ronma. Uh, so I bought Set 4 from Anime Depot, um, and it turned out to not be the one he wanted, but luckily I have a good sort of relationship with the people at Anime Depot, and I just I just exchanged it for uh, something that costs the same amount. So I got Retro Game Master, and then at Viz I picked up um, Sailor Moon Crystal Set Two and Sailor Moon S Part Two, um, and I also pre-ordered. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and got a gift with purchase, which I'll grab in a second. And then I picked up the Wonderful Wizard of Oz Blu-ray, um, standard def on Blu-ray, which actually we need to talk about that. Um, companies are starting to do this now. And then I mentioned this uh, during the last podcast. I picked this up, Sailor Victory at Book Off, right before uh, Anime Expo started. And I got the Blu-ray of uh, Yosuga no Sora. There you go. Um, and then uh, stuff I bought on Amazon because it was cheaper than uh, stuff I found at AX or I couldn't find it at AX. Just to get through this real quick. Oh my god, that chirping is so annoying. Go to Guy World, of course. Karate Master, of course. And uh, I saw this at the Anime Depot booth, the Gargantia. Um, I guess it's in a uh, chipboard case. And I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. So I looked on Amazon, saw it was cheaper, picked it up there. And then two other things I got for research purposes. Sony's release, uh, or re-release, I guess, of um, Memories, which is on a burn DVD. Oh, it has a barcode and, on the DVD as well. Yeah, that's how uh, that's how Amazon Create Space operates. Because um, if you've watched the video that I let you guys get a sneak peek of last week, uh, I mentioned that when a DVD gets pressed, the replicating companies usually put a barcode on the underside. They stamp it. Let me just grab one and show you. They stamp it. It's gonna be really hard for you to see this. Oh, man, no, there's no way you're going to be able to see that. There's a barcode right along there. Um, a lot if of DVDs have to Before people can see what you were talking about. Yeah, I know, I know. But there's a barcode along that inner ring that gets stamped on there, and that's how they catalog which stampers were used and whatnot. So the barcodes that they put on these, because they don't have the ability to stamp these because they're, they're pre-manufactured discs, they put them on the top um, so that they can catalog um, 
you know, like what file is used or like where, where the master disk is located for, for the copying and also um, for the purpose of, uh, you know, just pairing them with the barcode on the back and all that stuff. So, um, and then I also picked up the Blu-ray uh, release that Sony did of um, Memory, or Metropolis, pardon. Uh, I'm holding Memories on the other hand. Um, and I haven't opened this one yet, but the reason I picked this up is because it stated somewhere where I was reading, I think it was on Anime News Network, that the ones sold through Amazon were burned, and I wanted to check that out. Uh, and in fact, it is, this is another Amazon Create Space. You can tell by this little bit of text up here. Um, so that's something for future, uh, you know, I, I'm going to look into that later. Uh, and then I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm not going to show you from the grab bag video. I uh, did not get a lot of duplicates like I expected to. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, catch up on the chat here. So to answer your question, FDNM, Augie claims to have picked up nobody's boy Remy, but he's being real cryptic about it. Uh, yes, the con was something, that mecha guy. <laughs> Uh, or, yeah, I did order the Blu-ray player. As you're yep. reading on your side, can you pull aside Yo! Fish Attack and some of the Blu-ray DVD combos along with the standard definition DVD? I mean, Blu-ray. Oh, the standard definition. Uh, yeah, this is the only one I have so far. Yeah. So you want a combo, too? Mm, yeah. Is Gargantia account? That's Blu-ray DVD combo. Yeah, sure. You have like from recent any of the Blu-ray DVD combos with it as well. I've got like the Funimation Gangsta set right here. Right, but wasn't a. Uh, actually, I am in. Uh, oh yeah. The Lupin. I don't think the Lupin one was. That was just the uh, Blu-ray. One of those was DVD, and one of those was Blu-ray. Where's actually? Oh, damn. Actually, I am. I think is. Uh, I got the DVD set. They had a Blu-ray version available, but I bought the okay, DVD. Okay, that one. wasn't a combo. Okay. No. This one, yeah. the blue, the Lupin on Blu-ray was a combo as well. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That includes both Blu-ray and DVD. I'm just kind of trying to get through this chat. <laughs> uh... Gargantia, I like the show as well. I really wish this one that there was an extra OVA. I could be dead wrong, but I know that they made some shorts, and I wish that they would just bring it over here. No invis, it'll have to wait till someone else rescues it. Okay. All right, I'm all cut up. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I, it was one of the shows that I watched on the treadmill because uh, it was on Netflix. Um, I tried to uh, get on the treadmill for at least one episode's worth of anime every day uh, as a means not to work out, but as a means to make sure I watch at least one episode and continue 
making progress through getting through all the backlog of stuff. So if something's on Netflix, um, I'll usually watch it that way. Like I finished up Gurnlog in that way. I watched Gargantia that way. And I'm trying to get through Bleach, but God, am I bored as hell through that. It's hard to stay on the treadmill when it's just like, oh my God, I just want to end <laughs> Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I'm sure it'll get good eventually. I enjoyed the beginning of it. I watched like the first two seasons before um, they announced like season four was like a, a part one, part two thing. And I, I, it, I shied away from buying it because of that back then. But eventually I just bit the bullet and bought like everything up to how far they've released. So anyway, go eventually ahead. I'm going to have to get all the TV series because I was able to get all the movies, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So on my side, I'm going to reveal everything except two. Cause I'll talk about these other two later. So on my end, from ADV, I got Tree of Pome. Pome. Is it? Is that how it's pronounced? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I thought it was. Does anybody know? Because I've always called it Tree of Palm, and I never even realized there was an E there until you said it that way. I'm looking at the cover for a long time. I thought this was a puppet show, but no, it turns out to be anime. Well, um, I have the combo pack of that. Long ago, when I was working on the bootleg series, I bought that. Because uh, in the in the video I, I linked you guys to uh, last week, I mentioned that there are um, there are some situations where you'll buy something that doesn't have a barcode, and that's one of the reasons why that can happen is because the combo packs don't, for whatever reason, um, ADV made special artwork for the ones that were sold in combo packs to remove the barcodes so that people couldn't buy. You know, like best like companies like uh, uh, retail stores couldn't buy the combo packs for cheaper and then sell them individually and you know and cheap you out of it whatever um, anyway go ahead huh. yeah this doesn't have a barcode also I, I was finally able to get this uh, both blade the immortal uh-huh I think there's a third one isn't there? I thought there was just two let me let me see I've got it right here yeah I can see it. Yeah, I can see the third one from here. Hold on, grab it. Yeah, damn, damn, damn. So I feel a little bit ripped last time because I wasn't able to talk about uh, that. We'll get to that later. Okay. There's volume three right here. Ooh. There's not fourth, right? Not that I know of. Okay. I haven't opened them. It was just something I I, I saw and like, oh, I've been interested about that, but I have never watched it. <laughs> yeah, there's a complete set I'm going for cheap. Is there one? Hmm. Oh, also, I got, finally got interlude locally. Okay. All that was from the second in Charles down in the south. Okay, just three volumes, thank God. Okay, yeah. From a uh, city south from here. And also from ADV's catalog, I finally got these otherwise. I know a lot of people don't like these boxes, but I'm a fan of these. Only the problem pack. is they break easy. Yeah. I've never had one break. If you take care of them, they don't break. If you um, buy them used, they're doomed. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's always a coin flip. I want, I want to interject for one second. That mecha guy asked if I went to any of the Annie Song World concerts. Um, no, I didn't. 
Uh, I actually don't care for live music because I have real sensitive ears. Um, but uh, I do wish I went to last year's concert where Kiss was at Anime Expo singing with that Japanese girl band. Oh, Baby Metal. Which one? Baby Metal. Yeah. I don't, was it? I don't know, but uh, I, I just, once I got to AX, um, after the thing was already over, I looked in the bag and noticed there was this sick poster with Kiss and this Japanese girl band with, like, Kiss makeup on or whatever. Anyway. I have oh. two more, but I'll wait till later to reveal those. All right, yeah. Well, since you just took a drink of that, I was going to mention, um, you mentioned you went to Taco Bell and it was really slow. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I got sidetracked in my story. Um, I got up and went to Subway, and I swear to God, <laughs> it was the girl's first day. <laughs> uh, and I've got nothing against her. I've got nothing against her because, you know, everybody, you know, you got to have your first day before you can be a competent, uh, you know, person there. But uh, she started to take my order, and then um, – the other person behind the counter was like, Hey, no work on this sandwich, you know? And then it's like another five minutes go by. She finally comes back to me. And then eventually long story short, I got home and she forgot to cut my sandwich. In half. <laughs> anyway, at least that's all that was wrong. Yeah. No, it, the sandwich didn't taste so good either, but that's all right. I, I, I was eating yeah. it for, for calories to be able to, you know, not, you know, keel over over here. And if it was me, I would just get some sardines, rich crackers, and Tabasco. I'm good. Well, you know you know my issue right now. They don't know it yet, but um, ever since I got back from – I don't know. Did, I, I've not actually talked about that job I Wait, wait. In. Let me reveal it. Let me reveal it. Go ahead. It turns out AC is actually the shadow. I don't get it. <laughs> nah, never mind. All right. Go for it. All right. So – uh, I I have. Uh, hold on, I'll, I'll I'll get to that question in a second. So real quick, um, I don't know if I talked about this at all, uh, like a lead up to to what's going on. But I worked I worked for this company in London uh, on a three D project for um, an app that was being developed, and uh, I've worked for this company before, and um, the type of work that I do in visual effects. Uh, you don't work like a steady job. You don't get paid, you know, twice a month or once a month or whatever. You get paid when the job is done and you get paid large sums of money for what you do, but you don't, you don't have consistent work. And I worked for this company in London and based on the last time I worked for them and how long it took them from the moment I sent in my invoice to when they uh, actually paid me, I sort of timed out. Okay, it was about 24 days that time. I submitted my invoice earlier this time. So I was expecting, let's say, if it's 24 days, that means I'm gonna get paid uh, just under $10,000 right before Anime Expo. Yes, that's perfect, that's exactly what I want. Then I'll have all this cash to spend, it'll be great. Uh, well, Anime Expo rolls around, I didn't get paid. <laughs> so then I thought to myself, all right, well, that's understandable. The actual time frame could be based on when they, you know, handle invoices, you know, towards the end of the month. So uh, it was either going to be right before Anime Expo or right after Anime Expo. That's fine. So around the 4th, maybe the 5th or 6th, I should have this money in my bank account. So I, I uh, Anime Expo ends. I come back to Arizona. I leave my wife uh, in Sun in California. Thank goodness my wife has a credit card, so that's not an issue. Um, 
funds are getting low, and uh, eventually I just like, okay, I'm tired of waiting. It should have been here by now. I contact them. Oh, yeah, we never processed your invoice. <laughs> Not even an apology. <laughs> just uh, literally, I'm literally CC'd on the email where they asked the the accounting department to process the invoice. And uh, they're like, oh, well, we couldn't process it because there wasn't a, a purchase order number attached to it. And I'm like, you guys didn't have any trouble processing my last one. And the, the, just the fact that they decided not to tell me and now I'm not going to get paid till August, which is just terrible. So anyway, long story short, I've been slumming it on granola bars that I bought for Anime Expo <laughs> since I got back. And anyway, this story is not going anywhere. <laughs> let me let me answer this question. So um, I'm going to butcher this. Lakonsky one twenty eight asks. Uh, what strategies do you have for storing anime and or manga in an unfinished basement? I'm assuming you mean like unfurnished, like it's just my I strategy. Hope. Go ahead. I hope you so, because sometimes when you say unfinished, that means there's still clay and dirt down there. I wouldn't store it down there. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> I would just say that. If it's, if it's just clay and dirt, I wouldn't store it down there. If it's unfurnished, meaning that it's, you know, it's got like a, a floor and everything. Bottom line, be careful storing collectibles in sort of a damp, you know, kind of environment, you know, like, because you don't want to get mold all over your stuff. And you also run the risk of flooding um, that could ruin everything in one fell swoop. So um, cement basement. Okay, yeah, still, I'm just going to say be careful. Uh, because again, the the mold issue, and uh, yeah, you guys are all yeah. are, you're all jumping in and answering the question for me. But yeah, the mold issue uh, and the flooding, especially if you live on a hill, you could probably get away with it um, because if there is any flooding, it'd be pretty minor. Um, probably wouldn't do too much damage uh, if it's going to happen, but still, just for the sake of. Uh, uh, just for you know, keeping things safe, I would I would store them elsewhere. Or if you're going to store them there, store them in a watertight, um, sealed bin. You know, not a bookcase or something. Um, normally, uh, I keep stuff in these boxes, banker uh, boxes. these file boxes. Yeah, the banker boxes. Um, like I've got, I've got a bunch. I've got my entire. God, I hate these headphones. <laughs> I've got my entire non-anime DVD collection stored over there because I just don't have room for them um, in the house I'm in right now. Uh, and I've got all my manga over off-camera over that way. But um, if I was storing them in a basement, I would definitely put these boxes into airtight, watertight containers uh, and store them in that just to further protect them. Yeah, dehumidifier would help. Yeah, uh, a dehumidifier will help, but you got to keep it running constantly. And make sure it doesn't overflood, or you'll hear that buzzing, and you know, yeah. if you're upstairs and you can't hear, you don't know what's going on. So uh, my spin on it okay. is you take your your file boxes or banker boxes. Mm -hmm. If it's like two bookcases, I, I would do this. If it's more than two bookcases, I'd figure something else out. Um, if it's going to be down in an unlivable basement, I would say get the build up with a banker box. Make sure that you understand pressures like you don't want to 
put something like these on top like so. You want them to stay like this vertical as possible. Yeah, I, uh, I, I have a video about it. Um, I have a tip, uh, tips from the anime collector segment on transporting DVDs where I go over my method for storing them in the boxes and how to maximize the amount of space you can have that goes over stuff that Augie was just talking about. So I'm going to recommend you, you check out that video because um, it'll be a big help. Anyway, continue. Well, unfortunately, I'm like AC. I don't have the stuff to make YouTube videos, but uh, take the banker boxes and if you ever notice, like at Walmart or Big Lots or whatever is around you, maybe a Target, they have plastic storage bins. Damn it, Costco too. That too. Personally, I hate I hate having to put stuff in those that my DVDs just rawly put them in there. I hate doing that. Yeah, that's not that's why you, you put them in the banker box first. They're in the banker box first, then put it in there. Yeah. If you're worrying about sealing like water and all that if you notice around the sides sides between between them the mm -hmm. i'm talking about the top to the rim of the box you can probably possibly look at some you can go to home depot lowe's some sort of hardware store and look at like like weather ceiling i would just put gorilla tape around it if you're not if you're not planning to to get in there um in the near future, I would just, if you're worried about like really sealing it, just seal it with Gorilla Tape, uh, d depending on the situation. If it's if it's a situation where, where it looks like that would actually seal it, go ahead. But if, if you're like having a hard time finagling, then you might have to come up with another solution. But the other alternative is just keep them up high. Yeah, that, get some shelving, make sure it doesn't touch the ground in case of flooding, that's it. All right, Lishonsky, cool. Got it. Now I won't mispronounce it. Um, uh, I'd like to. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Went over this stuff. I guess I I guess we can talk about Anime Expo. That mecha guy. Do you have any stories you want to share with us <laughs> about terrible experiences? <laughs> um. So if you didn't go to Anime Expo, just to give everybody a a little heads up about what happened. Again, I got the Premiere Fan Pass, so I didn't have to... Uh, they mailed them to me, is the bottom line, right? I, I didn't have to wait in line. But um, if you went to Anime Expo on day one to pick up a ticket, you were in line the entire day. People who were there who just bought a ticket for day one got their badge after the convention was already over. Uh, they really screwed things up that day. Oh, I'm just catching up on the hardest part about being an anime collector for me right now is dealing with a pothead sister smoking in the backyard at night while I have my windows open. <laughs> Ooh. And I had a, I had, let's emphasize the had part, had a stepbrother that had, that was dealing with drugs as well. So oh, when yeah. I was living with my father at the time, I had like a bookshelf at the time. I had like a bookcase full of stuff. Mm -hmm. So annoyingly, in case he stole something from me for money, I had the other content somewhere else. So I'd have, have my DVDs and CD folders and put them in 
in my closet yeah. hidden. So in case he did do that, that I would be out at risk. Maybe yeah, oh, that's, that's messed up. Yeah, I've uh, I only had a roommate once, um, and uh, I I trusted the guy, uh, but I still locked my office uh, where I stored everything um, in that apartment. Or I guess it wasn't really an apartment. It was a it was like a it was called a planned unit development. It's basically a condo that is a standalone. It's basically a house. It doesn't have. It's not connected to any other buildings. But um, anyway. Um, so to answer a uh, question, uh, FDM, Augie did not finish his pickups, but he's waiting to do the last two, he said. After um, the AX combo. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, so um, I I've got a couple things to say about the whole AX thing. Number one... I can't speak on the matter of what happened on day one because it didn't affect me. I will tell you that I met up with other YouTubers who were at the, the convention and uh, they went on day zero and day negative one. And uh, on day one, when I was walking, it was like two in the afternoon and I'm walking down Figueroa past the Staples Center and they like, wait, wait, hey, you know, they, they kind of caught my attention, and they're like, have you been in there yet? And I'm like, I've been here since 7. It's like, oh, we're in line. It's like, what? <laughs> the line just to get in was past the Staples Center, you know, uh, and it was it was crazy. Um, yeah, that mecha guy says uh, poor security as well. Yeah, I'm about to get to that. That's the thing that I really want to talk about. Um, but uh, uh, a lot of people because of during the fallout of day one, when, when it was just a mess, um, it was a huge mess on day one because of that problem uh, where, where people were just in line forever. Uh, there was a lot of fallout going on on Twitter and a lot of people were rushing to anime expos aid saying like, ha should have gone to day zero and day negative one. That's what it's there for. You know? And it's like, you got to understand two things. That's not a valid excuse because number one, not everybody can go to day zero or day negative one, you know, um, because day one was Saturday this year. So it was day one was Saturday, day two was Sunday, and then um, Monday and Tuesday was um, July 3rd and 4th, right? Day three and four. So not everybody can go on a day that isn't a weekend because you can't get time off of work, right? So that's it's not a valid excuse for that reason. But also, yes. They had day zero, as they do every year. They added day negative one, and loads of people went to both, day zero and day, day negative one. And even still, they had problems on day one that were so severe that even though they put those precautions in there, they still had problems. That's the point here is that it doesn't it's not a valid excuse because they had those days people took advantage of those days and they still had a problem so ax is still to blame uh largely uh, for that issue on day one but the thing that i want to talk about uh, okay um sorry i'm just catching up on the chat i already forgot i said leash leash con ski yeah 
I see it. Okay, Leash Konski. Uh, catch you later, <laughs> Leash Onski. Gosh, I'm. Good night, bud. All right. Anyway, <laughs> got really thrown off track. Horrible cliffhanger there. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Starting last year, AX has been under new management with the SPJA. The CEO stepped down. Last year, they had, I think his name was Ray Chang, was the interim CEO. This year, he's now the COO and another guy, Mark Manansala or something. I forget his name. He's the new CEO. But basically, I had friends at Anime Expo, um, you know, just those people you somehow run into at every single con you go to. You don't really know them that well, but you just run into them every time you recognize them and you, you talk all the time. Um, I had a friend who is... Uh, um, a cosplayer and he does like professional um, cosplay gigs for different companies and whatnot. And he told me he wasn't, he told me at WonderCon that he wasn't going to go to AX this year because AX was going to be experiencing as he called it growing pains because they were under new management. My God, was he right? Um, but I will say I did actually see him there. <laughs> uh, we talked for a bit, but, um, but the thing is, yeah, as that mecha guy saying right now, uh, his biggest concern with AX is that the con is getting bigger each year to the point where the Los Angeles Convention Center will get way too crowded. Um, they say, I think AX needs to either set up a cap or relocate AX to a bigger convention center. Here's the thing. Number one, Anime Expo is locked into the LA Convention Center until 2019. Okay? So I totally agree they need to cap it. Okay? They have to cap it. Um, but the thing is, I, I spoke to somebody else. I forget. I've got his card somewhere. He was uh, um, he had a press pass because uh, I'll talk about this too in a minute. But Premiere Line, where I spent practically a thousand bucks so that my wife and I could uh, get our badges mailed to us. So we took advantage of the Premiere Line at some events, and apparently, the press badge, which is free if you're press, meaning you have a blog or something. So Augie. Uh, contributing to the over encumbrance blog you could get a free pass to anime expo just saying and you would get premier fan status level perks <laughs> with the exception oh, that's, that's of not being able to go to the fan lounge or um having it mailed to you but i'm just saying it'd be free um but uh but the the press uh people can go into the premier fan line to ensure that they get in because and that makes sense obviously anime expo wants press to be talking about their convention talking about the events because it means more people might get excited and want to go i mean it makes sense it's a good business strategy uh it's just irritating that press passes are free and i could totally get a press pass with the youtube channel and and the podcast and everything and i'm definitely going to try to get a press pass next year because it's way cheaper obviously than spending close to a thousand dollars to get in but um where's it going with this so um, ah, shoot. I got thrown off track. Space. The, well, the problem is trapped. Oh, yes. Okay, so the space. So two things. Yeah. So I talked to the guy, the press guy. He, he told me that SPJA isn't actually putting on the convention anymore. There's, I'm um, out for a sec. I'm out for a sec. Go ahead. Define SP. SPJA is the, the Society for the Promotion of Japanese Animation. They're the company that in the past has run Anime Expo. So do not get that confused with Speedwagon, JoJo's Bizarre Thing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> so he told me that another company, uh, he 
he said, don't quote me on this because he didn't know the name. He, he said he thought the name was AEG or something. It, basically, it's a company that's known for putting on E3. Uh, has has been hired to as an advertising thing or whatever. Like so, so their their um, claim to fame is that they bring up those milestones. They keep getting more and more and more and more people attending. So back to that Mecca guy's point about they need to cap it because it's getting too crowded. This last year, they exceeded the maximum occupancy of the LA Convention Center. Okay. Um, I think the LA Convention Center's maximum occupancy is 130,000 or 150,000. And um, I think it's 150,000. And I heard that on day three, they had already gotten 180,000 to 200,000 people. Now, to be fair, not everybody at Anime Expo is in the convention center at one time because they also have it stuff going on at uh, the, um, the JW Marriott. I almost called it the SJW Marriott for something else I'll talk about in a moment. <laughs> but they, they also have stuff going on at the JW Marriott. There's people outside um, the convention center uh, and stuff. So so technically, you know, that sounds like a big number, 200,000 versus 150,000 total you're supposed to have there, an extra 50,000 people, right? But um, still, you know, you got to consider the fact that um, not everybody's in the building at the same time. Some people come in the beginning of the day. Some people come at the end of the day, you know, so it's uh, it does even out a little bit. But the point is that they're that they're, it is getting really crowded and they probably did exceed, even if it's only by like a thousand or two thousand total people, they probably did exceed the maximum occupancy there. Now, um, my guess, oh, this is, this cracked me up. I can't tell you how many people I spoke to in line about how crowded it was there who said, yeah, I hear they're thinking about moving to the Anaheim Convention Center. And that made me literally like audibly just laugh out loud over that statement, how uninformed people were. And I, I would respond to, no, no, no the modern version of AX started at the Anaheim Convention Center. It's way too big for there. And then people would return with, no, it started in Long Beach. <laughs> so just to clarify for anybody who, who's unaware of the history of Anime Expo, it started in 92 in San Jose. Then it moved to, I think, um, Oakland, California in 93. That's when it went from Anime Con to Anime Expo. Then the modern version of it um, that, that we sort of know now is when they moved in 94 to Anaheim. They stayed in Anaheim till 2006. In, in 2007, for just one year, they were in the Long Beach Convention Center. And then from 2008 until now, and going forward until at least 2019, they've been at the LA Convention Center. Okay? So the bottom line is, um, people really didn't know what they were talking about. And it was it was just kind of funny, not not to say that everybody was stupid and was like, oh, they're so inferior because they didn't know anything, but just that... Um, people were spreading all these rumors and they didn't, they had no idea, you know, just like how that information got out there. I'm like, no, no, you guys, you don't understand. They've been there before. And it was terrible that year when it was in Long Beach. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the issue for sure um, is that they are getting way too big. Um, they need to cap it. They, and uh, on the bright side, uh, during the closing ceremonies, they announced that one of the changes they're going to be making um, next year is that they're going to mail out all the badges so that there won't be any more of this. I mean, they, they shot themselves in the foot this year with how bad that was. They, they cannot ever do that again. 
Uh, like they needed to swiftly make changes. So um, just FYI, AX tickets are slightly more expensive than they were last year around this time, just so you know, because they're they're compensating for the fact they got to mail them out. So if, you, if you're planning on going and you haven't bought your tickets yet, I suggest you get it because um, – they're they're a bit more expensive now by like you know five to ten bucks so yes i am serious they are going to be mailing them out um now here's the thing let's talk about the security so as you guys have probably seen i uploaded a video on the channel of just uh, raw 10 minute footage of me at the complaints department and i need to um yes they're gonna send, they are going to send badges to all attendees um, that's what they announced. Um, but uh, I need to clarify with that video because a lot of people, uh, most people were on my side. Uh, but some people thought that me complaining was real petty and stuff. And you got to understand, I don't go to the complaints department at Anime Expo because I hate Anime Expo. I go there because I love Anime Expo and I want them to know that stuff that's going on is going to turn people away from from coming to the convention you know uh somebody specifically you know basically said good on you for going to the complaints department most people where i come from will just suck it up and i'm like yes that's exactly why i went because you got to understand that most people will suck it up they'll have a bad time and then they won't come back you know so by me going to the complaints department and saying look guys this is an issue that needs to be handled or else it's going to harm the business that is anime expo you know and uh, I do want to clarify, first of all, if you've seen that video, you went into it without any context of what was actually going on. Um, I actually uploaded that for other people who were at the convention who I had talked to and let them know, like, oh, I'll just I'll upload the thing I was talking to you about so you can check it out. Um, but uh, you have to understand that, like, so you went into that without context. And I, and I need to clarify that the next day after I did that, I went in there and, and um and I uh, went to the complaints department. I actually went back to the complaints department and amended my complaint because I realized that um, at one point in that video, the girl handling the complaints department asked if it was the people in the blazers uh, or if it was the red, you know, and I, I interjected and said, it, it's been mixed. We've had problems with both. I realized later that the person I had problems with that wasn't wearing a blazer was literally just an LA convention center employee who had taken off his jacket. So um, I went back and amended it to let them know, look, no, you guys are right. The AX staff is wonderful. They do things very, very professionally and they're, they literally bend over backwards to make sure you're having a good time. They are, they're one of the best staff I've ever seen um, in any career, you know, any job, ever like any any consumer experience let's say they are top-notch I've, I've really got to say I've never had a problem with AXF I'm sure that there are some because uh, they're mostly volunteers I'm sure that there are some that are um, not as committed to their job or not as as good at helping you know with certain situations but for the for everybody I've ever talked to they've been pretty darn good you know um, but the problem is with the Los Angeles Convention Center staff. Those are people hired by the convention center to act as um, entry security and stuff. And they are terrible. There's about two or three good ones every year. People who are sympathetic to the fact that we're having a terrible time because of them. And uh, they're willing to talk to you and sort of help you to understand 
the sort of the orders that they've been given, let's say, but everybody else is the scum of the earth that works there for the convention center. Those people do not care whether or not you're having a good time. In fact, um, on one day, Samurai Jeff went in uh, in his own car. He went without us uh, and we met him there. He got there at 6.30 in the morning and every year, for the last 10 years that it's been at the convention center, up until the last two, um, you've been able to get there in the morning park in the parking garage, walk right in and just populate the convention center. Just walk around and, and be there until things open. You get to stretch your legs. You sort of get to get a mental map of where you're going to be going during the day. It's really beneficial to just be able to get in there and just sort of, um, you know, decompress a little bit before the day begins. But La starting last year, they've been blocking you at the entrance from the parking garage, not allowing you in until eight in the morning. And you have to get there really early to get a good spot. So that like, cause for instance, what I do is I get there early in the morning. I park right next to the doors um, to get in from the parking garage into the convention center. Then when I go to the exhibit hall, I can buy a bunch of stuff and take it straight to the car, drop it off in the trunk and go back in, you know, and buy more stuff and you know, repeat, you know? Um, so we have to get there super early. Jeff got there at 630. He walked in, and in the past, again, you could walk straight in, you could you could go to the bathroom, you could walk around, uh, you could wait for, like, the, the food places to open up and start, you know, eating and stuff and get there before there's a line. It's really beneficial to be able to do that. But the last two years, they stop you and don't let you in. So Jeff asked when he first got there, and the guy stopped him, there's about 15 as Jeff is probably exaggerating a little bit, but he said that there were 15 employees kind of congregated around there. And he said, the guy wouldn't let him in. And he said, do you mind if I just go to the bathroom? He's like, no, you can't come in. He said, can one of these many people out here just escort me into the bathroom? I'll be real quick. And the guy said, nah, man, find a bush. Okay. So that is an example of the sort of people I'm talking about that they hire, that the LA Convention Center hires to, to work as their staff. All right. Now, before we continue, unless that's yeah. the end of this point. Oh, no, we've got more. <laughs> about I'm going to get into the security theater. Do you want but to say something you, real quick? Are you still talking about the morning, morning session? About the what? Morning session. Morning session. What are you saying? Breakfast, breakfast section. The breakfast section? Well, there's there's a lot of different areas in the uh, convention right. center, but the, the there's, a, there's like a food court right near mm -hmm. the South Hall. Well, there's also one near the West Hall, too. There's, just, there's well, places to I'm, eat there. What I'm trying to say is early morning. Yeah, during early morning. Okay. Yeah. If and, you have early morning and people are trying to come in, mm -hmm. they're doing that. One, that's more work on them than what they're probably getting paid for. Yeah. Two, if you let it crowd in earlier, it's easier to manage crowd control on mm -hmm. a smaller group. That way, when it turns big, it can adjust... Yeah. And you have the correct flow of things. I'm about to get into all this. Go ahead, though. You have that. You don't have three. You don't have people. You don't have to deal with whining or complaining of let us in. You already let them in. Mm -hmm. Or if you have restaurants in your own facility and you're not letting them have customers, you are not helping yourself out at that point. Yeah. So last year, as I said, they started doing this thing last year where they wouldn't let you into the parking garage. But last year, see, I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot by announcing all this because um, 
guarantee it's only going to get worse as they start to learn all the little secrets. But as I said, I've been going for the last 10 years. I know the convention center like the back of my hand. All right. I know all the ways in, all the ways out, how to get from point A to point B. If this place is really crowded, you just go around. It, it seems, you know, you're walking farther, but you're getting there faster because you're not going through the crowds. You know, I know all these different ways to get through. Now, last year, You'd go through, you'd park in the parking garage, you'd go up to the thing and they say, oh no, you can't come in. Okay, thank you. Walk back into the parking garage, walk up the stairs, go in the other entrance, nobody stops you. You know, so last year, you it was annoying because they would try to stop you, but they weren't doing a very good job and you could just circumvent whatever they were trying to do easily. You know, this year, they had people stationed everywhere and they were all really annoying. Um, and you know, they have like a lot of people there, they have like this control freak kind of nature where they're sort of getting off on the fact that they can tell you, you can't do something, you know, and it's really annoying because it, it feels very apparent that they're doing that. But, um, here's the issue. Um, so to get into the security theater, so just to explain what security theater is, security theater is the practice of investing in let's say extra security in a way that it it gives off the feeling that you're doing something to make people safer when in actuality you're doing little to nothing to actually do that you know you're not actually making people safer and in the case of the los angeles convention center they're making everybody significantly less safe as i mentioned in my 10 minute rant at the complaints department um, and i'm just going to reiterate for anybody who didn't see that because they don't let anybody in until 8 in the morning, the crowd outside of Anime Expo, particularly in the front of South Hall and West Hall's lobbies, gets so large that, God forbid, if there were a mass casualty incident, say a bomb went off or something, you've huddled all these people into a choke point because you're not letting them use the other entrances. And this, by the way, isn't just for before it opens. They've cut off all sorts of ways in and out of the convention center that used to be open. Because um, in the past, by the way, especially when it was in like Anaheim and Long Beach and whatnot, you didn't have to have a badge to get in. You only had to have a badge to go to the exhibit hall or the panels, right? So you could populate the convention center without a badge, no problem. All right. Um, and I guess I can understand why they're changing that policy now, because it is getting to the point where um, it's so overcrowded. They just can't have anybody who's not supposed to be in there in there. I get that. But um, uh, the thing is, like I said, is that because they're blocking all these different routes, um, they're sending everybody into one entrance either in the South Hall or the West Hall. And the, again, they're creating those choke points where you've got all these people who could go in other entrances, but because you're hurting everybody there, again, if a bomb went off, you'd hurt significantly more people. Now, I'm sure that, um, let me let me double check the uh, the chat real quick. I just wanna see. Okay, so nobody actually, nobody actually brought this up yet. Before we continue, for all passages and way, ways that you can travel in the convention on the map of the convention flyer. Um, I'm going to show you, I'll, I'll pull up the map in just a moment and I'll talk about something specific that happened. Um, okay. it's, it's, I've talked to Augie about it already. It's a little bit different than it seems like from what I can tell the way he's understanding it. So I'll get into that in just a minute. But the metal detectors, 
was a huge thing that annoyed people. And I, and I brought that up in the video, and I, I want to let you guys know that that is a complaint that isn't actually valid. I realized later, okay? Because the thing is that, it, that yes, they had metal detectors there at only the West Hall entrance. Uh, and as I stated, like, they weren't even plugged in, okay? But the thing is, they didn't have somebody there saying, okay, hold on, all right, come through, stop, come through. They weren't pretending that they were plugged in, okay? They just happened to be there. Now, I, I talked to um, Animaniac Reviews, um, who's in the grab bag video this year. He said that, uh, that those um, metal detectors have wheels, and they could have wheeled them away. Uh, and I, it would ha have been smarter for them to do that, to have removed them so that, because again, the security theater, what's annoying about it is the idea that it feels like that all they're doing is protecting themselves from a lawsuit by going through, making you jump through all these hoops. Um, and, and it just, it made everybody extra agitated from how they already were from the other screw ups. So again, the metal detectors weren't on, they weren't intended to be on because they weren't actually, you know, playing it through like, like they were on and trying to fool you or anything. The thing is that they were at the West Hall entrance probably because other, in other situations, they block things off so that people can only go in through the West Hall and that's the only hall that actually needs metal detectors. You know, what I'm getting at is that there are situations where it makes sense why things would be that way. And in this sense, we just assumed that they were, you know, um, performing security theater here. So just to, just to really clarify there, that wasn't a valid um, complaint that I made at, at the complaints department in that video, because I realized later that, that they just happened to be there. They didn't move them. That's the only problem, you know, but uh, the other. It seems strange that they would try in this case, if they were left there, they're just funneling the bigger crowd even further. So it's just, you have this huge mass of people trying to get through a narrow hall and just just kind of graded the end there. Well, the the West Hall entrance is much smaller than South Hall. Um, you know, again, it's just things could be improved. Um, I know I'm probably alone in saying this, but as I've gone to Animax for the past ten years or twelve years, pardon, last ten we're at LA Convention Center. As I've gone the last twelve years, honestly. I'm kind of okay with the idea that I might die at Anime Expo. <laughs> I could die in worse places. I'm just saying. I understand not everybody else feels that way. So as far as I'm concerned, get rid of LA Convention Center staff altogether <laughs> and let people walk in. But uh, I understand not everybody would appreciate that approach. Um, now I want to I want to address uh, a very stark difference in how the the LA Convention convention center staff handles things versus how the AX staff handles things. So um, let me pull up a map real quick of the uh, LA convention center. So anime expo staff does this really smart thing. Actually anime, I'll pull up the anime expo version. Oh no, it's probably fine. Floor plans, oh that's tiny. Is reverse Google image search broken for anybody else? Every time I right click on an image and search it, it gives me an error. And I have to, right. I have to copy the image. Okay. 
I'm just gonna I'm trying to get a bigger image because this isn't uh this isn't a very good uh this is not a very good uh image to use for showing you guys specifically the little area I'm gonna be talking about. Not uploading image, paste the URL. Okay. So AX staff does the, okay, it broke again. <laughs> I get this stupid four hundred error. Um anyway, I'll I'll just just do this. That'll work. Okay, let me pull this down. Uh, let's see, I need to do that. And then I need to do share screen. Let me pull this into its own tab. And share screen. That one. Okay. Okay. So AX staff does this thing where for instance, um, if you if you sit waiting in line for a really long time uh, and, and you're stuck, let's say, outside, they line people up outside for some events. They've got these canopies, which is something that they've put in the last couple of years because they did have a problem in, I think, 2013 when there was a heat wave and people were getting heat stroke and it was a huge mess. Um, but they line people up outside. And then AX staff does this thing where they rope off the walkways and they they get the people who are waiting in line very quickly to walk with without in, interruption because um, they roped off the walkways to everybody else. They just get them to get into the panel that they have been waiting out in the hot sun for. You know, They're really diligent about making sure that the people who've been waiting in line get to the panel that they are meant to go to um, and they don't have any issues. Um, and it, it worked great, you know, and then for somebody like myself who knows the convention center really well, I can look at how big the line is and say, you know what, it's not worth it to wait. Let's go the long way because we'll still get there faster than waiting. You know, something about, about going to a convention is that when you are paying for something and you've only got limited time in the day and whatnot, when you have to sit and stand still, that's really bad. Even if it technically takes you longer, always be moving because it makes you feel uh, like your your mental state of mind will be better that you're making progress going places. So let me go ahead and show you here on this map that is really not the best resolution, but um, okay. So this is where the exhibit hall is, right? This is the south lobby entrance. Over here is the west lobby entrance. Now they have uh, this walkway here that goes from. Here's the, the uh, Compass Cafe. This is where the eating area. Um, so you go down here, and you can walk all the way to West Hall, right? And this is a pretty decently long um, hallway, all right? Uh, and by the way, this is uh, Pico Boulevard right here, and over here is Figueroa, and here's the Staples Center. So so this is the entrance, and this this is loaded with people. All right, it's hard to get a, a, an idea of how big this is, but this is loaded with people. And I saw Sheena and Lou Talks Anime, and those people, they were like over here in line trying to get into this entrance right here. So anyway, down this hallway. Uh, so this year they had Crunchyroll, had, had a thing going on right here. You see this little sub area right here? There's the hallway, and then there's this little sub hallway. Right, so this hallway has uh, an area right here where it has a ramp 
that goes down here. Then there's a staircase right here, and then there's another staircase right here. These two are not staircases. These are pillars, okay? Now, this hallway on the, the bottom floor, it's technically above street level, but it's because it goes over the street right here. But the bottom floor, because it doesn't go any lower than this on, on the hallway, where the hallway is concerned, this is filled with people. Uh, horribly filled with people. And this is actually why I complained last year because normally because this is so filled with people, there's an exit right here. You literally just exit right here, go down here, cross the street, and you can bypass all these people by just going outside and going back in. You know, it takes like no time at all. Uh, they blocked this off last year. And uh, the woman, the, the like 58, maybe even 60, five-year-old woman standing there without a gun or a taser or even a rape whistle told me I couldn't go through there because, quote, you know, the state of the world right now, to which I replied, and what are you going to do about it? <laughs> but um, anyway, back on track here. So because this is so crowded, there's two options if you want to stay in the building. You can either go upstairs to the second level, which is technically really the third level, but, you know, as I said, it's just the upstairs of the hallway. There's a second hallway um, sort of balcony up here that's usually a little bit less crowded um, that is much faster than walking through this area. Uh, and then the other way is you can cut through here, go down this sub hallway, and then come up here, and you can cut in front of all these people going this way that are walking as slow as a zombie in The Walking Dead, you know? So you basically just go up here and you bypass them. I told Augie, if you guys have ever been on a freeway where you can exit the freeway, but then not actually take the exit and get right back on, that's exactly what you're doing. You're just bypassing all these people. Now, my wife, again, was six months pregnant, this anime expo. So we went past Crunchyroll, checked out all the stuff they were doing. We walked this way. We walked all the way down here. And then right here, an L.A. Convention Center staff guy had this roped off, and he wouldn't let us through. He's standing right here, literally three feet, not even three feet, adjacent to him is the staircase we're trying to get to. Now, when the, when the Anime Expo staff was doing this, people were going, they were moving. Like, the line was really moving to let people through. This guy, nobody is going this way. He's got it blocked off for no reason. So I go up to the guy, and I say, hey, um... Can, can we just get through here we, to, to, to go up uh, that staircase right next to you? And he just like, go around. You have to go. Like, he wasn't listening. He was just, you know, repeating it like a mantra. Just go around. You can't, can't go through here. Go around, you know. And this other guy who's standing right here is like, I hope you understand, sir. This is going to be in the lawsuit. By the way, you guys can see my mouse, right? Yes. Okay, good. Or I can. I can't speak for them. Well, I hope. Uh, check the chat for me. Make sure everybody else can see it. <laughs> but... Um, uh, but he's like, go around, go no around, right? Anything. Say what? No one has said anything. Okay. Um, so like at a delay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, uh, I'm almost done with the story anyway. But but basically, he's making us go around, right? And I just said, dude, can you at least tell me why you won't let me through here? And he's just like, go around. You have to go around. And I'm like, my wife is six months pregnant. Are you really not going to let us? You know, like the the little it was a, um, you know, like at a movie theater, how they put down those like nylon straps, you know, that hook into the little poles. Uh, literally, it's like, could have easily squeezed through here. You know, we're being polite by not just doing that, which the guy here who said, uh, I hope you understand this is going into the lawsuit. Uh, he just did that eventually. And the guy didn't even stop him, you know, but he made my wife who's six months pregnant walk like, I don't know, like 200 feet backtrack and go around here. And by the time we got up here, a different 
person had walked up and taken over and taken down the thing. And the guy who told us to, uh, uh, to go around walked right next to us. I mean, it was so freaking frustrating. They go on this little power trip and don't handle anything. And they just block you from taking these paths because they can. So anyway, that's my rant about, uh, that's my little rant about that. I just wanted to share that with you guys because, God, it's so freaking frustrating. Uh, especially, um, obviously, the security theater, which, again, is not is not keeping people safe. It's just making everybody uh, um, less safe. So, uh, anyway, I think that's all I've got to say about Anime Expo at the moment. Um, anybody have any questions or anything? There's some good news. Oh, I got one more thing, but I'll talk. Go ahead. Shane Yux says that he sees it. I know, I saw that. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to grab a water real quick. My mouth is so dry. Bear back. Water, water, water. So, what releases or pre-orders are you waiting for? At the moment, it's driving me up the walls. I'm still waiting for Monster Musume. Oh. And I cannot wait for them to visit to announce something about Charge Man Ken lying the discotheque. Tech has to say anything. Right, we got to talk about uh, right stuff and all and the whole SD on Blu-ray thing. Yeah, what's the Sentai talk? Okay, Mecha guy's looking forward to the Ron Logan set, Lucio and Tora. Oh yeah, I talked to Sentai about, uh, I think the Sentai booth talk is, I, I did go to them and spoke on behalf of a lot of collectors and said, look, stop doing this. <laughs> and I pointed to the, to the Umaru Chan set, like you couldn't have even put an end label, like at least put an end label on it. But uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I will confirm there's a butt label. There is a what? There's a butt label. A butt label. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I guess I'll, I'll bring up about Anime Expo, and I don't want to talk about this at great lengths right now. <sighs> oh God, I just, I don't even know what to say about this, but, um, just because no matter what I say, FDDNM, the guy I spoke to was, uh, um, an underling. It's not like they're going to do anything, but okay, I'll, I will, I'll talk about this first. Um, I went to Pony Canyon this year. And wouldn't you know it, they've started releasing standard-sized uh, DVDs, um, you know, like the non-premium versions of their stuff. Uh, and the year before this year, I complained to them. I'm like, when are you guys going to release things? That's something that will actually fit in a, a normal bookcase of DVD library, you know? Um, and it's funny because I did the exact same thing to NIS America about Toradora um, in 2010. And in 2011, uh, they had changed it. So I'm probably not the reason that, that uh, these things are getting changed, but um, but uh, I, I'm going to take credit for it anyway because <laughs> it feels like uh, I wield this amazing power at the booths of Anime Expo. <laughs> so the thing I want to talk about, um, SJW uh, influence over Anime Expo right now, the new management is bending over backwards for SJW culture. In fact, one second.
would have done my badge from last year. Oh, that's 2015. Wait a minute. Here's 2016. So 2016, they had this, this little guy on the back that says, hi, I'm Chikara. If you need help, look for me to find a safe space. Now, the fact that they're adding safe spaces to the convention is like, whatever. You know, it's annoying because it, it constantly reminds me how weak the human species is becoming. But if people need a safe space, then who am I to deny them this uh, amenity that Animax was adding? The problem that I have with the SJW culture is that I went to the Queering Up the Con panel this year, and the rhetoric coming out of the people's mouths was alarming, to say the least. Not so much the people at the panel, they were kind of dancing around the line, but all the comments from the people around me in the, in like the audience, they were going way over the line. Um, and the thing that really it was eye-opening about the whole experience is that the things that they were upset about and that they were like calling for, for changes um, was things that were really ridiculous. Like for instance, one of the people on the panel was like, look, I'm fat. It's obvious. Like, look at me. I'm, I'm huge. I don't need other people to tell me I'm too fat to cosplay this character, or that character, you know? And it's like, way before, way before the SJW nonsense came into the world, there have been people who were plus size, let's say, cosplay. Okay? Um, and, and this woman or man, or I don't even know, because everybody up there except for the, uh, the one girl was uh, a transgender or something or other, um, which again, if you want to do that, I don't care. You know, I, I have a very constitutionalist, libertarian mindset in the sense that I don't care what you want to do in the bedroom, in your own home, whatever. As long as you're not harming another person and you're not involving me, I don't care, you know. But the problem I have with this is the rhetoric, again, that these people were, were putting forth. Because these people were talking about things like, for instance, she said, I made this uh, Scarlet Witch cosplay that was like screen accurate. Like it was so perfect. And people would tell me like, oh, I couldn't tell what character you were because you're fat and the character that you're trying to be is thin. And it's like, look, the person you're describing is called an asshole. They treat everybody like that. You're not special. They just picked out the one thing about you that they have power over you with because you're fat and they're not. These people are assholes. They're not some special breed of right-wing hate group. These people treat literally everybody as inferior to them because they need to, to feed their own problems, okay? And the thing is, they... they just story after story after story about how there's these microaggressions and all these things going on. And it's like, you're literally just describing shitty people. You know, it's not like there's a organized effort uh, of the entirety of the convention to hate you people. It's just that you're dealing with assholes as everybody else does on a daily basis, you know, but because they have this ideological driven, um, you know, worldview, they view everything from the lens of I'm transgender, I'm disabled, I'm overweight, or or 
fat acceptance or whatever they call it, you know, all these things that they view the world through that lens. So everything must be associated to the fact that, oh, it's because I'm transgender. Oh, it's because I'm a minority. Oh, it's because of this or that. And it's like, no, it's not, you know, everything that they described. And look, there certainly are people who, who are bigoted and racist out there. But the people they described and all the all the situations they described are just because they're dealing with people who are shitty people, you know, and it was really annoying to me because um, I was hearing rhetoric, as I said, from the audience saying things like it should be a felony, uh, a federal offense to misgender someone. It's, you know, like all this ridiculous authoritarian rhetoric coming out that was very alarming. You know, and again, I'm totally on board with letting you do whatever the hell you want to do. I'll fight for your right to do it, but I don't need to be a part of it. And I don't need you policing the things that I can do because it hurts your feelings, you know? So anyway, that is my little rant about this. I've got a lot more to say about it, but I really, if I, if I'm going to, I need to really sit down and choose my words carefully because the bottom line is that you know, I'm not going to harp on this too much, but my, my whole thing in life, I don't like labels at all. I don't like labels because what they do is they shut down opportunities for discussion. If I told you I was a Republican and you also happen to be a Republican, then for whatever reason, that gives you this weird undue kinship with me. You feel like, oh yeah, this guy gets it. He's not one of those idiot liberals, you know, and vice versa. If I was a Democrat, said I was a Democrat, you're also, you know, you get that same sort of feeling and it doesn't actually make me a better person. It just changes your opinion of me because you feel like you, you feel like you line up in the same ways that I do, you know, when in reality that like, I think that the worst sin people can commit is letting other people do their thinking for them. And for me, you know, I have very, you know, differing opinions than what the mainstream left or right or whatever is thinking about and talking about. And I feel like the fact that everybody just adopts these labels and adopts this group think much like the SJW culture is doing, I think that it shuts down opportunities for discussion and it stops progress from actually happening because everybody just gets stuck in their own ideological echo chamber and we just fight each other and we, we keep... Uh, clashing when in reality if people actually sit down and talk you might find there's a lot more common ground than you think so that's my thing um, what are you saying Augie does French have pronouns oh, yeah, does the French thing. language have pronouns it has the male female uh, like in Spanish don't they they have like the they've got they've got like either I wish yeah. I did but I don't speak either um, yeah, so let me catch up on that. Sorry, I was getting real heated over this issue. Well, um, it, didn't, it doesn't sound like anyone threw fists. doesn't sound like what? It didn't sound like anyone threw a fist at each other. No, no, they didn't. But I'm just saying that the thing the thing that I hate about SJW culture the most is that, again, it's, it's this groupthink ideology, and it's cannibalistic. If you step outside, like, for instance, um, this is topical. Uh, just before AX happened, there was that story about um, the gay pride uh, parade or whatever was going on um, where they rejected the people waving the, the, the rainbow flag that had the uh, Star of David on it. You know, like the Jews were literally thrown out of the pride parade because it made people feel uncomfortable, you know. Um, and it's just like if you don't fall in line with everything that the group think um, – uh, 
beliefs, then you don't count. You're ostracized. If you're a black Republican, you're not a real black, you know, if you're this or that, you know, you're not, you're not one of us and you get ostracized. And I think it's disgusting uh, that, that this group think exists and that they treat people this way. And it's hilarious as an outsider watching to see them cannibalize each other over, you know, not being sensitive enough to this person's uh, problem of the day or that person's pronoun today, you know, cause some of these people, um, they, they change their pronoun like, Oh, on Monday and Tuesday, I'm Z. And then on Thursday and Friday, I'm they, them. And, you know, and they change them, you know, and it's like, <sighs> The thing that was most annoying about it, again, going back to this, is that they they were upset uh, over the fact that people didn't know what their cosplay was before asking them. For instance, um, they would say, people would come up to me and they're like, oh, you're the girl version of Gaston. It's like, no, honey, I'm just Gaston. And it's like, okay, look, first of all, long before the SJW culture came in here and, and started making a scene, um, there have been female versions of cosplays that's been an existing established thing at conventions you know female version of link girls dressed up as link you know all these things have already existed so they're getting upset over people you know just behaving naturally using our brains the way they're designed in order to to you know take past uh, experiences and apply it to current things in order to decipher what's going on around you in your world to just say, Oh, you're, you're dressed up as the female version of this character. Just, just to have that, that moment where that, that, you know, again, it's like these people are really bullied. So they want to bully other people. So you get that moment where look, now I get to jump down your throat over the fact that I'm just this character and you misspoke and called me the female version of this character. Uh, and same goes for the pronouns. It's like, first of all, if I'm talking to you, I'm not going to use your pronouns. I'm going to use your name. Like the only time you use a person's pronouns is when you're talking to somebody else about them, you know? And it's just like this ridiculous stuff about like, um, we need to have, uh, we're fighting to get uh, badges that have your pronoun printed on them, you know, or at the very least to get stickers that they put on the badge when you get it so that you can write your pronouns on there. So everybody can know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> F F uh, you're saying, I'm, I'm uh, you're probably like turning colors right now. Yeah, you're thinking like an adult. We need to figure things ground up. Um, I am not familiar with any of this culture. Honestly, I have other things to worry about. I'm not trying to be ignorant of what's around. It's just nothing has been presented in front of me about this. I, I think because you've been, you were fortunate enough to get out of college uh, right before all this stuff took over. No, oh, I just graduated college uh, uh, winter of 2015. So, oh. yeah, I missed it. But um, I don't know. Maybe you didn't. Maybe just you didn't take. Uh, you didn't take women's studies or, or any of the other things that have been co-opted by this ideology. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done getting all, all heated up over this. Let's, uh, From let's how you on. described it, it sounds typically if there's like a group like this, from what I understand, something would go, some sort of mishaps would happen, either violence or some sort of unlawful act would happen. Stuff but, does happen. Right. Yeah. Not, not, not that I have that yet, but I'll just tell you that 
stuff stuff is happening. Um, it pops up. You know, do you remember Gamergate? This is where this kind of started. Um, I have a friend that talked about it all the time, but it never sounded. I can never understand if the gate was the problem or the people that were trying to be against the gate was the problem. So I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't really focus on Gamergate when it was happening because I I wasn't into video games. You know, I just like I anime is my thing. I don't have time for video games, but this very much is a first they came for the socialists and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. I didn't speak out, you know, and then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. That is very much what's going on right here, you know, and that's why like, okay, now that it's coming to anime expo, it's like, look, I don't care if, if transgendered people or whatever want to be at the convention, that's fine. I don't care. Just don't bring this authoritarian rhetoric with you. Don't force me, you know, under threat of being, let's say, banned from the convention to, to read your mind and know what your cosplay is or what your pronoun is before I even talk to you. Because all that does is make people hostile and not want to engage with other people. You know, and I've, I've, I've got a video. It's in the description if you guys want to check it out. Um, I don't know if, if that's going to be, I already sort of mentioned this earlier. I don't know if that's going to be the final version because I need to get permission, or at least I'm trying to get permission for a clip I used at the end, but the guy who made the video uh, isn't uh, getting back to me. But I mentioned in that video that when I went to this screening, um, I ran into people at Anime Expo who looked like they were really lost. And they asked, like, hey, do you know where this is? Do you know where that is? And I'm like, yeah, th that's way over here if you want to go check that out. You're probably going to have to run if it's starting. And, you know, like you just kind of gave them directions. And they said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, okay, look, my friends and I are about to go to the JW Marriott to go see a Resident Evil movie. Um, and they're like, you know what? That sounds like fun. Maybe we'll go do that. Well, after the movie, I ended up seeing those people there. Um, and I chatted with them. And I, you know, it's just... It was an experience that, um, for me, is what Anime Expo is all about, is meeting people and having these short little moments with people that you don't know otherwise. And you're probably never going to see them again. But just having that human moment of, of, of you know, because this fandom can be really annoying, but having that moment where, where it, within the fandom you can actually reach another person and have a moment like that uh, is, for me, one of the best things about going to a convention. You know, so I don't like what I'm seeing with the with the SJW culture overtaking Anime Expo because I, I see that going away and I already see it going away. I already see uh, hostility and things. And it's a combination of things. Obviously, the overcrowded isn't helping it. You know, the, the convention is so overcrowded. But um, I, I'm I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to sit back and let things happen you know because like i said this is a convention i've been going to for the past 12 years um my life is sort of built around this convention you know my my modern life i i met my wife there i got married during the fourth of july because i met my wife and started dating on the fourth of july you know i went to anime expo on the year i went married even though i had a wedding to get to you know this is really uh, important to me and i'm not going to let it go down without at least you know, raising awareness on where things are headed because we've seen with Gamergate and numerous other things where this leads and it's not pretty. All right. So anyway, uh, if you guys want, go ahead. Let me get my point out of the way with right. this S SJW stuff. It seems like it's a bit too organized as if someone's trying to 
get some sort of sample size for some sort of thesis paper or something every time I keep hearing about this stuff. Well, I'll just say that it is probably being funded by the world's worst person, George Soros. But uh, I'm going to leave it at that because um, he seems to, be, seems to be funding everything else that's horrible in the world right now. That of the Rothschilds. But again, that's another that's another topic for another time. Um, I spoke to you a bit about them during the uh, when we were talking before Speedraffer. Uh, yes, I, I remember those eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I was going to say. I forget. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm done with it. Um, okay. Anything else about AX? Uh, let's get away from AX. Let's talk about. Um, let's. Why don't you go ahead and finish the last two things for your pickups? But first, uh, for the AX, you mentioned about space. It sounds like they're kind of doing this or evolving to do this as well. I have not been to this convention. I've heard in extensive detail, which is still not notable. How this, how Dragon Con works. But what I understand, it ha instead of having a big convention center, what they do is in Atlanta. Apparently, there's like this circle of hotels with an, with a lot of panel rooms or mm -hmm. a lot of extra rooms that you can have space for. Mm -hmm. So at each hotel for this convention is a topic of interest, like. Sci-fi, fantasy, anime, comic books, British. Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. So, if there was something of interest, you go to that hotel. Well, it takes a little bit to get there. So, let's say, say there's there's a top of the panel at the anime one, but after that's over with, you want to meet the Doctor Who actor, which only is. It's about to start in five minutes. So by the time you get over there, it either is packed too full, mm. over because it took too long, or once you get there, you don't want to leave because out in the summer heat is just dreadful. Mm. So that could be another possibility for AX to grow. However, there is some ups and downs to that. Well, the only hotel that's right near AX is the JW Marriott, which is like I showed you guys where the Staples Center was, JW Marriott's like just above that. It's right there. Um, so that's where I went to the screening and stuff. Um, but uh, I, I don't think it would be possible for them to do that. Um, I, I think in 2020, they're going to move to the San Diego um, Convention Center, which is where San Diego Comic-Con is held. The Convention Center is like twice as big as the Los Angeles Convention Center. The major problem is it has like one fifth the amount of parking, and it's like two hours away from where I where I stay in California. So that's not going to be fun. But uh, well, by, well, by then you should have more foundation than now. Let's hope. <laughs> it's just like with two kids by then, and I just I don't know I don't know how I would continue. To, I mean, I'll I'll find a way. I'll drive in two hours, you know, every day, if I have to. But uh, I don't want to have to. Because <laughs> when I went to Comic-Con in 2016, um, I had to park kind of far away um, in order to, uh, to get there. So, which means that if you're 
like I said, the reason I go to AX so early is so I can take stuff to the car, and I, I it would not be an option um, if they moved AX there. So anyway, that's that's my only point. Oh man, I cannot wait for AWA this year. Oh, yeah. but, but the moment you've been waiting for ever since Comic Con, there was one other item that I got that wasn't candy. Sorry, say that again. Sorry, I was reading a comment. There was one thing that I got at Hamacon that wasn't candy that I haven't revealed yet. And that's the Pokey doll from Pokemon. Let's see, fan made. Yeah, made in China. There it is. That one. So I just want to address a comment real quick. Um, That mecha guy says, have you guys seen the news on Evergreen College? Um, No, what's going on there? I wouldn't pay attention to that kind of stuff, sadly. Okay. Well, he's he went on to say, if you want something that'll piss you off, uh, look up the video. I'll look him up. Um, an old man, uh, Jordan Peterson's my hero. Um, I've been reading his books and stuff. They're fantastic. Definitely check them out. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, and finally, the moment you've been waiting for. I do have a copy of Remy, and my copy looks like this. Is that the French one? Nope, not the French one. So I'll show you a copy. Well, I'll show you a copy. So when people get to this point, you'll be a refresher. It's missing the TMS Classics thing. Oh, no, you had something. Wait, hold on. This is what mine looks like. And this is what mine looks like. So we'll... Can, you, can we take a look at what this that you do have? Granted, I don't think it's complete. I, I just have I just have this one. Okay. Well, fortunately for me, I got all six discos. But those aren't the uh, those aren't the imagination ones. Oh no, this isn't the imagination one. This is the Spanish one that's usually yeah. that's virtually useless to me. But I got this at uh once again, I got this at Second and Charles. Oh, yeah. What I, what I want to lead into is Second and Charles is finally coming into my local neighborhood. With everything gone, I'm happy about this because now I have somewhere local to look at and fantasize again. <laughs> Even though I might as well stay home and just look directly behind me because that's what they have. <laughs> so I got the, the Spanish version, the Mexican version, Spanish version, whichever one you want to call it. And it's virtually useless because there is no Japanese. There's no English subtitles. There's no subtitles. It's all Spanish. What I wanted to also point out is how this is an example of how they used to package stuff, which has changed. Used to, they would have like this right here. Mm. The The main thing that they scan or secondary thing that they scan and label where to categorize it. On the back is this, is this horrible, horrible sticker. This is one oh, of those that, that you peel. It has the metal. metal. Oh, I hate yeah, this. And, and it isn't glue. It's rubber cement that they use. Right under. I can get this open again. Right under here. This is where they chose to put the security sticker. <laughs> Instead of like. Uh, I would have chose like right here or over here. 
right here or over here somewhere. But this is an example of how they used to package stuff, which there was a few tiles that I didn't get, even though it was a good price. All because it was had that blasted sticker on it. It'll ruin it. Now yeah. what they do is they just have the sticker on it. Notice that crappy one's not there. And they say, and the person told me that they were going to put it in the inside, but there is no proof of that. So all they do is just put it just on the outside and prevent the quote-unquote security feature. They will tape it across and cut it and show you the disc. Like all the contents are in there that you're going to purchase, so you're satisfied. Mm. Which was a problem with movie stuff because unless you request that, yeah. you might end up with either the wrong volume, the wrong movie, or something. Yeah, I uh, DVD Planet when it was a thing, when it were I think DVDPlanet.com still exists. There used to be a store on Beach Boulevard in Huntington Beach called it was literally DVDPlanet.com was the name like the the sign. Um, they, I used to buy stuff from there all the time, and when I would get it home, there there wouldn't be a disc in it because somebody had, had, you know, finagled it in the store and stole it. Um, and one time, I I asked before checking out, like, hey, we've had a lot of problems with this. And the person was like, sure, I'll, I'll check it for you. They took out one of those CD openers and just went, <laughs> like, destroyed the top of the, <laughs> the whole top of the DVD I was buying. <laughs> By the way, that that reminded me. Um, I had a sad day. I, uh, I, I, I decided to watch this version of Assemble Insert. Right. And I noticed uh, my UPC is slashed. Yeah. <laughs> Have to rebuy that one. Anyway. Yeah. For some reason, this has granted. Granted, I can't enjoy it. Maybe look at the pictures. For some reason they like dash the key across here. Maybe they just didn't like uh, Can you see it? Yeah, I see it. Okay. Maybe they just didn't like what happened to the main character or maybe they they don't want to see uh, Jonathan's son for some reason. I don't know. More likely it was an accident. Um, by the way, yeah. FDDNM, well first of all he's saying I can use his name if, if I want. I've gotten pretty good at saying FDDNM pretty fast, though. <laughs> but um, you had a point you wanted to make. Uh, did you ever have a chance to make it? Oh, yeah, that was the whole... Uh, no, no, no. Hmm. Not, not you. He had oh. something he wanted to say before you you made your point. So he said, go ahead and make your point. So he had, okay. he had something he wanted to mention, he said. Fair enough, but keep in mind, we're at a delay, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just letting you know. He, but, he said this a while ago, so. Yeah. Just reading his comment real quick. Oh, here, he did say it. Okay, anyway, the thing I was going to say, well, Hunter and Hunter, yeah. Yeah, um, so he, he was, the point he was going to make is that um, Hunter x Hunter, I had, uh, I guess I, I vaguely remember talking about the Bleach Blu-ray, but, um, uh, for a while, a lot of collectors were worried about um, Hunter x Hunter Volume 3 because, number one, vo Volume 1 of the 2011 series, I think it is, uh, Best Buy did a steelbook of just Volume 1, a uh, steelbook exclusive. 
Um, and then uh, Hunter x Hunter um, seemed to be delayed with uh, um, set three. Uh, so it it's really delayed. Um, but uh, apparently Best Buy um, sort of accidentally announced it or not they didn't announce it but their their website has a pre-order date on it so um i don't know if it's been officially announced but they've got a date there so it's october late october i think but um that's good to know i'm gonna get through right stuff because i want the uh gift with purchase whatever ends up being that reminds me i'm gonna grab the jojo thing well are you excited for stardust crusade Air on Tsunami. And he's back. Yeah. So here's from the Viz booth. Uh, the wonderful gift with purchase from JoJo is literally just this handkerchief. But... Uh, oh, where's the stone mask? It's right here. And then... You mean this one? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, somebody at, uh, at Anime Expo, um, at the JW Marriott, they stuck it in the tap of the bar. <laughs> so, like, from across the room, you just look over and you just see <laughs> you just see this staring at you over the... <laughs> uh, it, it was funny. You had to check it out. Um, I, I recorded it, but I don't, I don't know if I have a video I can put it into. Um, it anyway. Oh, really? That seems weird. Yeah, that's strange. Yes, I was just about to get to that, Danny about um, the standard def stuff. We're going to talk about that. Well, first let me get through my uh, Go ahead. my mailbox. So, best way to describe Remy, this version, since it's useless, I was better off to get a fake copy. Yeah. Sorry, let me get back to you. The, I made too much noise and the camera went off. Oh, you got the, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I got this for Six dollars since they have like a twenty-five percent off deal. So enjoy, enjoy your yaoi. I'm probably not. Um, oh, that's one rarity off the list. <laughs> is it rare? I see it well, all the time. Expensive. It, well, it is kind of. I see it. On, I see it online. They want eighty dollars for this. Jeez, Jeez I gotta yeah. pick that up next time. Next time I'm yeah, my, there's only like is, forty. I got. You hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you hear what? How much I got this for? No. How much? Six dollars. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, FDDNM says uh, SD Blu-rays. I assume is because they can't recover the original masters and remaster them. So for the Blu-ray release, they just do it for storage efficiency. I was just about to say something about that. Um, sure. That's a valid point. Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, first of all, just to just to jump into this subject, at Anime Expo, at the Right Stuff panel, um, Sean, well, I don't know if actually Sean Kleckner was there. Who I this, definitely agree with Danny. But he, he confirmed that uh, um, Right Stuff is no longer going to be releasing things on DVD. Okay, from now on, it's Blu-ray only. And what, uh, to FDDNM's point about... Um, Standard def on Blu-ray, which is what which is what this is. This is fifty-two episodes on one disc. Okay, so 
this is a cost saving measure for them because the most expensive part, um, well, I guess I would say the most expensive part, but one of the, the most expensive aspects of creating DVDs is the uh, glass mastering stage and the uh, metal stamper stage of replication, which is how they create the DVDs. So the more discs you have, the more expensive that is. Uh, so by being able to cram everything easily onto just one disc, that really cuts down the cost. Um, and they're able to uh, sell things for cheaper. Um, they tend to be more reliable. Uh, the only problem is that if there's a problem with the disc, um, they have to replace the whole show, that which is just one disc. I guess it's not that big of a problem, but you know what I mean. It's like you're not just replacing a small disc. No, I guess I guess in reality it's the exact same. It's the ex I guess there's more opportunities for things to go wrong. I don't know. I, no, I think it, I guess it kind of just evens out. It really, it really does. It just evens out. So I, I don't know. But um, the disc costs. You're just arguing pennies for what they have to redo. Yeah. Well, be, if if it's because they're gonna have to make a new master to to redo it, to to remake the disc if there's a problem. Which, by the way, there was a problem with the uh, um, writing bean Kickstarter. If anybody hasn't heard about that. Um, that was supposed to ship out on the 5th of July, I think, but there was an issue where, um, I know you're going to laugh at his name again, but Robert J. Woodhead realized that he, um, he, he had accidentally signed off on the Blu-ray sets being made with the DVD cover instead of the Blu-ray cover. So they're, they're repressing all the Blu-ray discs with the Blu-ray cover, and they're shipping it in a paper sleeve so that you can have the opportunity, if you want to, to, to swap them out. Because the, the one that's in there isn't a DVD. It is a Blu-ray. It just has the DVD artwork on it instead of the exclusive Blu-ray artwork. So. Uh, yeah, space, um, space saving will be a great benefit. I'm actually um, I'm going to have to buy a Blu-ray player. And I, the thing about it is that I want a TV, because I don't have a TV that um, that is capable of showing me Blu-ray quality. Um, or rather, I do have TVs like that, but um, because I'm renting this house, I haven't put any of them up because i got to mount them. So um, I I'd like to get a TV with a Blu-ray player attached to the TV, you know, where like because that's how my DVD player is right now, and it's really convenient. Because um, uh, the, the problem with game consoles, especially PlayStation, is that they, they're really loud <laughs> when you're trying to play DVDs through them um, or, or you know, Blu-rays or whatever. So, All right, let me throw my dice at this. Uh, if you want to talk about quality, I definitely agree with Danny. It depends on the encoding. Because I hear people talk about different qualities of different shows. When I watched, like, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the one, the more more recent one. When I watched it on DVD, I was able to see like the makeup on the person, the molars in their teeth. I yeah, I hate I hate HD. I hate it. <laughs> That's why I don't have a Blu-ray player. <laughs> um, however, for some shows, depend and this is debatable because it depends on frame rates when it was made and how low the SD quality it is. There's some shows that you can upscale up to a point, 
but you're never going to get that full HD experience from them because they weren't filmed that way. Yeah, in Lord of the Rings, which, by the way, I think I mentioned this before, my dad, my dad was the assistant stunt coordinator on that film or the film series, and I lived in New Zealand for two months while he, while they were filming it. But um, that scene, even on the DVDs, that scene where Gandalf is on Sauron's tower and the eagle comes and rescues him and he flies past the camera. Even if you just sit there watching on DVD, that looks so bad. <laughs> if you just pause, pause it next time you're watching it when he's going by the camera, that is like N64 graphic, uh, terrible <laughs> looking. Well, I can't imagine the seeing that on were at the time. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I can't imagine seeing that on Blu-ray. A uh, quick comment about the PlayStation 3, 2, I don't mm -hmm. know about 4, but a console that makes that noise. The fan? It's, yeah. It's better to hear that fan. Than to not hear it? Than, yeah. the, con than the console just catching on fire. That's why oh, yeah, you no. have Xbox not releasing any games for launch of the console. When I, when I did have that roommate, he had a PlayStation 3, and we played so much Uncharted, it wasn't even funny. But... Um, all of a sudden, his, his PS3 died. And we're like, what's going on? How did this happen? It's been working great. I look at the back of it where the vents are, and I thought it was just too colored. But I took a paper towel and wiped it. Turns out that there's vents back there. <laughs> his vents were so caked with dust <laughs> that it, was like, it looked like a black grid with gray inside. And I thought it was just the design because it was so evenly caked in there. <laughs> to block the vents entirely. <laughs> but yeah, no, we wiped it and we're like, oh, that's how it's supposed to look. <laughs> Oof. Um, but back to the DVD versus Blu-ray. Yeah. The biggest thing against Blu-ray, aside from, of course, obsolescence, which shouldn't really matter, is that DVD, a DVD player is a lot more easily gotten to than a Blu-ray. Yeah. Yes, it is cheaper to get a Blu-ray player for your TV. Mm -hmm. May, but the bigger twist on on this is if you want a DVD player, you can get a free TV built into your console, which console shouldn't matter because it should play the latest and greatest if you're modern. Yeah. But for a laptop or desktop you have to buy a special drive well it's not just the drive it they won't you have to like buy special software to play them too true at least, true at least on my computer well. usually people you have to it's so funny um you make it so hard for people to watch blu-rays on their computer even when they have a blu-ray drive that the alternative people come up with is to rip the blu-ray and play the the ripped file you know like it it's like the the copy protection or you know like to prevent people from playing it on devices and stuff is so strong that you're making people opt for ripping it and you know you know essentially giving them the opportunity to just send it to their friends over dropbox or whatever you know yeah which it's a nice storage device i guess but technically <laughs> We have powerful enough DVDs to store that amount, the same amount of information as a Blu-ray, but it depends on who's investing. So they're probably going to stop investing on 
DVD, those four soft selections, and go to Blu-ray. I have heard of the ADD uh, low res versus the Japanese release. For what? Uh, if you look read in the comments for Danny, I have heard about that. I have seen that be proven. Where is, that. He, where is that? What is he talking about? Danny? No, that could beat me to it in reverse importation. Yeah. And also the amount of money that they can throw at it. Yeah, well, let me let me just really quickly address this. FDDNM, I wasn't talking about the fan on the TV. I was talking about the fan on the PlayStation. It gets super loud. Um, yeah, the uh, um, the reason that region locking exists for the most part is mostly just to prevent reverse importation because they want to make sure that they don't hurt the sales in the Japanese market that that particularly for anime um, because, in fact, I've talked about this in the past about, um, I don't remember which review it was, but I talked about this in one of my reviews where um, if, if you ever, if, if you're into music, you might have noticed that there's, that bands release like the Japanese LP uh, version of their, of whatever album it is, and it has extra tracks on it. They literally do that because otherwise people in Japan would just import the CD. So they have to make it worth it for them to get the Japanese LP uh, in order to even have sales over there. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's just it's it's a big problem in, in Japan that that people are um, thrifty and get stuff from overseas cheaper than than, let's say, Anaplex prices. <laughs> I don't blame them for it because you also have a different mindset as to over here. Yeah. The U.S., we have the sell-in-bulk mindset. Why should I have to pay for a pair of socks if I can buy a bulk of socks? Over there, in Japan, when they sell it, sell it, it's brought, the person distributing it, their mindset is, this is a collector's item. So we're going to package it as best as possible and sell it to you because you, the native Japanese, why would you collect your show? You can watch it on our TV programs. Mm -hmm. Where, if you do get get the whole show, their mindset, it's treated as a trophy because you really are a dedicated fan. Right. So that's why they have to pay the six to $700 for their sets. Where over here, well, you also we have don't to consider you don't have that accessibility to sit down, turn on TV anytime, and we can watch right. shows. They um, don't advertise as much over here either. Right. So two things real quick. Um, just want to mention, Danny, um, encoding for ADV was done by a company called MOFC. If you've ever sat through an ADV disc, you know that because at the end it goes, has that little typewriter thing, MOFC authoring and encoding. Um, but uh, um, I'm liking Danny's points. Yeah. Um, I realized the same thing with his her circumstance. What were we talking about just a second ago? You're trying to get back to uh, slowly seeing how DVDs are becoming SD Blu-rays. No. Not that. You were talking about something specifically. Let me read. I can't believe I... 4K TVs, I'm not sure what that's supposed to be besides Ultra HD and everything's in gold. Yeah, I. And even I don't know what 
this is I I I like the old the old way of doing things. I like standard not not necessarily standard def. I, I I'm a fan of widescreen 1920 by 1080, but um, I just can't stand these super crisp televisions where um, TVs look like home movies. Or, you know, um, movies look like they're filmed on like a home camcorder. They're so like disgustingly crisp and clean. I just hate it. Hate it. Mm -hmm. I don't like 4K. <laughs> well, if I had it my By the way, way, that my way, I would just have any room to be a private theater, just have the projector oh, no, screen yeah, no. with the QLEDs on it. I, I've always wanted. Um, my my dream since I was a kid was to have like Beauty and the Beast style library for anime and then in the middle of it is a theater so there's like rows of seats and uh like a bed in the middle in case you wanted to lay down and watch something and then there's a big theater screen um on in the center of it you know so you could you could just go in and grab literally anything stick it in the projector and watch it well well then uh going to fdd and m depending on what the show is and what time on one hand i do oh. enjoy high definition. On the other hand, there's a bit of a charm to a low quality. I'm not saying everything should be 420, 420, but like uh, to me, GTO, I like it better if it was released in. You can see all the pencil drawings, see how mm -hmm. see how faded some of the colors are compared to high def and get. Because it yeah. is a charm. It's supposed to be this gritty, rough guy trying to be this best teacher while getting into perverse situations. On the flip side, if you're showing me Captain Harlock, I do right. not want to see the film grain be sanded, sanded and rubbed through the floor of some hairy person that's balding. I don't want to see that. I want to see high definition because Leah J. However, bounces. Leji. Leji. He he makes art. I want yeah. to see art. I want to be far to see that. Oh, I like I uh, I actually like that I I hold on to the original releases of things because I like to have the the crummy looking version. I guess to see it the way it was presented. You know, um, and I remembered my point. Forgot it again and just remembered again. So let me say it real quick. Um, say it. Say it. Regarding the price difference in Japan, you have to consider the fact that in America, they buy a license for the show, and then they pay basically to localize it, translate it, you know, um, dub it, if they're going to dub it, subtitles, authoring and coding, and there it is, right? In Japan, they're doing basically all that stuff, and they're also animating the whole show, and they, like the, the actual cost to produce it is so much higher. Oh, yeah. You know, that I understand the price difference, you know, that it's going to be more expensive there. Um, it would be nice if the prices elsewhere went. I mean, obviously, the reason they have to do this is because there, there's only, there's a guaranteed minimum that that the producers in Japan get paid when a company uh, elsewhere that's licensing it is going to buy the license. They have a guaranteed minimum that they get right up front and then um, hopefully the sales produce a percentage that they keep. So no matter what, they're always going to get more money coming back to them directly from the Japanese sales. But it would be nice if the Japanese sales would dip slightly and get distributed across all the other countries that sell the show. 
you know, because it would be nicer um, for the producers in Japan to see a higher profit um, without the people in Japan, which is a really small, uh, if you think about it, you know, percentage of the overall audience that's going to consume the show. Uh, if the people in Japan could get a little bit of a break, because the fact that they're basically um, like the sole people holding the industry up is kind of the reason why so many uh, studios seem to be going out of business. You know, the business models just aren't designed for adopting to a global market, which it seems as though things are changing and and the anime industry is starting to realize how much Western audiences are interested in the craft, you know? So well, I'm glad we'll you brought that going. up. I was listening because my point's going to tie that and my point's going to tie in what Danny commented earlier about uh, is the quality of masters being sent to the U.S. deliberately sabotaged, in other words? It depends on who releases it. Let's say Toei is a great example. Or I think, I think the person who released the distributor of Sailor Moon was Toei as well. When they released that to Deke, they purposely gave them the worst quality as possible to let Deke mess the tweak and do all the stuff that they want to do because yeah, they, ADB they commented removed the episode that one episode yeah from, why in the world would you remove the dinosaur episode I don't know that, that was awesome but um, to answer your question when you license something Anime News Network has a great article on this that I'll try to put in the description when I find it later and I actually go through and rewatch these and get all that stuff updated in the link dump but um They've got a great article about the process of licensing things in Japan, and they talk about the fact that when you go to get the masters, um, they aren't delivered on um, a digital format, usually. Uh, they're sent over, I think it's called DV tape. It's this special stuff that's basically film grain, so that you can get a really high-quality transfer from the original recording because film grain is way higher resolution than um, than digital right so um, DV tape if I re remember from the article correctly cost about fifty thousand dollars for a for you know one tape so they have to send this stuff over so when you ask about if they're being sabotaged intentionally some companies don't even bother getting DV tape because it's too expensive they just get a DVD master sent to them with, um, you know, probably, probably a, a master that has fewer episodes on it. So maybe, you know, if the release is going to have, um, four episodes on a disc, they might have them send over these masters with just two episodes per disc or one episode per disc. Cause it's still way cheaper than spending 50 grand on DV tape and having to potentially use multiple rolls of DV tape. Um, which again, I don't even know if that's what it's called. I'm just using that cause that's, what my mind is telling me it's called but um so the bottom line is that uh it could just be that the, that the studio is cheap and to that point let me grab something real quick um yes he's away uh going going a little back a bit for the for what john released or u.s manga corpse and also adv you can tell when the masters were being brought onto DVD, when it was Master VHS ripped onto it, 
onto the digital disc. You can see a progression where you have the vector lines and different slight quality to where they finally just started buying the what he was saying, the master discs and doing like a copy to copy without having any conversion disruption. But it's kind of like a slow evolution, if you will. Yeah, I can't show it to you. <laughs> um, I was going to say that something that I got in the grab bag, um, well, actually, you're going to see it in the video, but um, somebody makes a remark about some of these are so crappy looking, they, must, they almost look like bootlegs. Um, Media Blasters, I don't understand why, but, well, actually, I could show you. I've got a Blu-ray of, of uh, Squid Girl around here somewhere. And I've got two copies of it. I've got the original release and then a more recent release before it went out of print or whatever. And the, the print quality on the other one, I checked the disc. It appears to be authentic. The print quality is really bad. Like, it's just, it's noticeably different if you're holding them side by side. With the stuff that I got from the grab bag, like, it is way pixelated. And there's really no reason for it to be. Um, just the future version of how they're printing it. I should probably, I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it on camera real quick. Um, it's, it's Cosplay Cafe. Yeah, I'm going to open it real quick because I'm almost certain, based on uh, the type of um, shrink wrap that they started using, it's really tough shrink wrap that they started using uh um i'm gonna oh. guess that this is a burned copy uh oh, this is to keep the kids away <laughs> yeah it's just it's just a cheaper quality they're using so i'm gonna guess this is burned oh my god um yeah not only is it burned but um for that the the print job there kind of not not perfect because <laughs> uh, this was printed um in an actual printer on on a blank white disc in fact gosh is there any way for me to, <laughs> to to block this out you can see the the well in the middle has uh it's it's blank it's white still because the the printing they're just they're they're doing whatever they can to stay afloat uh and god bless them for for trying <laughs> you know um but man is uh, I, I don't know how they're still around, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm glad that they are. I love Media Blasters, and oh, I really hope too. that they come me back. But, but my God, they are not doing well. <laughs> well, at least they're able to sell what they're what they're releasing. However, yeah. I'm still waiting for Ultimate Girls because of, you know, I'm kind of curious about the show, but they've announced that they have it, but they haven't released it. Uh, you know, when I talked to them in 20... 15 um, at Anime Expo, they said that they've got a bunch of stuff in the lineup that the companies in Japan are just little logistics that are holding up a lot of stuff. So they've been having a lot of problems with that. Um, before we forget, what time is it right now? It's old time. Um, uh, we need to... Uh, we need to make sure that we talk about the assemble insert, go in a guy world, and all that. So all right. let's not get too far away from that. Yeah, me and uh, F, 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 D, D, and M. We're talking about 
know, I brought up, uh, it's either the French or the Italians who buy or import the most anime. I'm looking at license uh-huh. titles, but. Okay, yeah. Not uh, not um, importing alternate regions is what you meant. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because um, Japan is region two, and so is half of Europe. <laughs> but. Like the UK, for example, is um, Region 2 PAL. Uh, France, I think, is Region 2 CCAM. And Japan is Region 2 NTSC. So I wonder um, if if they can import some of those and play them in Japan without needing to even have a special uh, DVD player. Because I've heard that a lot of DVD players can, can do that. They can actually play alternate... Um, encoding formats uh, relatively easily, but I don't know. You have like this weird moment when the Japanese swatch swapped from region two to region one and you get the same Blu-ray though. Oh, with Blu-ray, they just, they're just region A because Blu-ray only has three regions. So they didn't switch. They're just, they're just lumped into the same one that we are is all, you know. Catch up on the chat because I've not, I have not been very good this tonight about reading this. The French do have an amazing relationship with the Japanese. Shout out to the new Lupin series located in France. I remember two years ago it was Italy. In fact, when I went to France um, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, like, God, oh, God, like 15 years ago. <laughs> I remember going to France like 15 years ago and uh, before before it was the hellhole it is right now. And uh, and I, I we were on a tour of Europe. And uh, I, I distinctly remember running into like two or three different anime shops while I was there. And this was like 17, 15, 17 years ago. VLC can play any region. Shout out to VLC. The only problem with VLC is it can't play Blu-rays. Um, okay, so yeah, you guys are bring up such great points. I want to get to these. Um, Amazon CA. By the way, if it looks like I'm leaning and stuff, I'm, I'm at a standing desk. <laughs> you have to bear with me. My feet are aching. Um, let's see. And my butt gets wider. Bakuman? Yeah, that's the... The one that they're talking about is the creator of Death Note made a series about creating manga. Manga, manga, chimichanga. Well, I was thinking of Bakugan. I know. I know. I hate when that... I'm glad that I'm able to read this because if it, if I was not going to... This was just verbal to verbal. Mm-hmm. I'd be thinking what you just said. The manga one. The Marvel one with the obese people. The, well, here's one that I'm ticked off about. The creator of Death Note also made Hikaru no Go, and Viz didn't release all of that. Yeah. Oh, they awesome. didn't. They didn't finish it. No, they've only got to. Well, I, I don't think so. Let me check. I think that Volume Twelve got announced, but then it was canceled. Let me grab Eleven. Huh. Volume Eleven goes up to Episode Forty Five. I, I think it's a fifty-two episode at least show so anyway um 
No English subtitles. Uh, da, 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 North American, Japan, school. It is cool. Um, actually, Japan, uh, I noticed there was a shift going on when Super Smash Brothers Brawl came out. No, Melee. When Melee came out, uh, they had, uh, in the Japanese version, they had already handled like the localization for the for the English um, text and all that or something. Um, so it was like it was ready way earlier than it would have normally been. Yeah, I'm agreeing um, with uh, FDDNM at the latest one. He was an artist for Hakar no Go. I don't remember him being the creator of it either. Uh, um, what is that guy's name? Uh, he did the art for All You Need Is Kill. Obata. Obata. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. He is the artist. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, anyway. Okay, so now PS4 can change regions. Yeah. Actually, PS2. I don't. Maybe it's the same for PS4, but I remember seeing on PS2, I will, on Tech TV, um, they took apart a PS2 and they showed you, you put a little mark on this little gear and you can turn that gear and then put a disc in and test it. And there's a certain spot where it makes it region free and you can play any, any game, any movie, anything on a PS2. I don't know about PS4. Um, so Danny wants to know my thoughts on anime works, burnt DVDs versus pressed Blu-rays. All right, Dave, my response. I just want them to release more. Yeah. I'm okay with the fact that they're burning stuff so long as it means that they stay in business and eventually climb their way out of what they're doing. The problem with it, and I'm going to talk about this in my video for the uh, bootleg series on burn DVDs, is that when you, the reason that you choose to burn something is because you don't think you're going to sell enough of it that it would be worth it to press it. Because again, the, the cost of the glass master and the metal stampers is really expensive. And uh, you only mitigate those costs when you order such a large amount that um, because the cost per disc goes down, the higher the volume you order. So when you order a super high amount because you're confident that you can sell those, um, you get all those discs made, they sit in your warehouse, you parcel them out and you sell them and hopefully you sell all, all of your stock and you earn a huge profit, right? But when you burn things, um, you have to, uh, uh, when you burn things, you, um, you kind of have to hope that something doesn't sell that well. Otherwise, you should have pressed it in the first place, you know? So Media Blasters is kind of in a situation where, see, because on the one hand, um, your warehouse could just be filled with blank DVDs that could literally turn into anything you get an order for. So on the one hand, that's a huge advantage, you know, but the labor cost of having to actually pay someone to sit there and cycle the unit every time a DVD comes out of the duplicator and you got to make more and everything, um, that that eats up your profits pretty quickly um, once you've, you know, gotten to a certain point where you're not selling as many. So um, I think that eventually this is going to bite them in the butt big time. Uh, but I'm hoping that they don't get too married to this um, way of doing things because, you know, 
They, they use a duplicator tower to, to, to produce mass quantities of burned DVDs. Um, and they could be perpetually upgrading things like, okay, we're starting to do better. We've recouped some of our costs. Let's buy another duplicator tower. You know, then that diminishing return on the labor versus, you know, all that stuff, it, it, it cuts that back. And they keep cutting it back, cutting it back. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that that's what they're doing, that they keep, make, they keep making an investment for more duplicator towers. Um, otherwise, the, the owner of the company or really dedicated employees are taking a serious hit, working their butts off, doing that labor themselves and not giving themselves the proper cut uh, in terms of doing all that stuff. So um, I think that uh, in the long run, it's going to hurt them more than it's going to help them. And they really need to focus on getting back into a more stable business model. But that's just, those are my thoughts on it. Um, versus Blu-rays though. I don't think they've burned. Uh, well, yeah, the, you, you, your, your exact thing was thoughts on anime works, burn DVDs versus pressed Blu-rays. I don't know why they're pressing the Blu-rays. Um, because I'll open it right now. Where's that uh, Metropolis? Here it is. Let me open this right now. Because uh, assuming that this is actually burned, we'll be able to see. I'll show you what a burned Blu-ray looks like. So here's the Blu-ray. Yeah. So it looks like a PlayStation game. It's like black instead of silver. Um, this isn't even what I was expecting it to look like. Let me grab let me grab a, a actual bootleg Blu-ray. Oh god, these headphones are killing me. By the way, I did look into those Apple AirPods. Those things are way too expensive. I'm not gonna get those. Uh, this is um, what's commonly referred to as a black ray disc actually they okay so it, it actually they do look pretty similar this is the the new one this is the metropolis right here um they actually do look pretty similar the reason this looks different is because this might be a dual layer writable blu-ray which the thing going on with amazon create space which is how these things are coming out um from every company that's not media blasters uh, is that Amazon must be automating it. They must have a robot handling the uh, the disk cycling because um, there's no way they could be doing this otherwise. Uh, and and having seen, you know, footage of Amazon's, like, robots handling their shipping department and all that, uh, I can only imagine what they've got going with these things because normally, um, at least with DVDs, even though Media Blasters is using them, uh, dual-layer writable DVDs are not, typically used for uh, um, for duplication, which is, again, the process of mass-producing burn DVDs, because they, they take too long to burn. They're twice as expensive, and um, they're kind of unreliable, um, which is why with uh, Nobody's Boy Remy and all that other stuff from Imagination, they, they only use single-layer DVDs. Uh, the problem, of course, with that is that you got to use more DVDs when you do that, but anyway... Let's see. I um, just want to get through these, this chat because I'm getting behind again. Yeah. Uh, there's supposed to be a way to get VLC to play Blu-rays. Um, yeah, I couldn't get it to work either. I tried. Um, I wonder if... Because uh, FDDM says that PCs can read any region. Uh, 
PCs like the PS4 can change their region. So because my computer originally didn't have a Blu-ray drive in it and I just installed the Blu-ray drive, that might be why mine doesn't want to play. Um, that might be why mine doesn't want to play, but that might be handled in the drive. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't want to play it, but I tried what uh, old man said. I couldn't get him to work. Um, so he says, <laughs> Blu-rays need freaking cyber whatever it's called power dvd 14 etc the software my blu-ray disc drive came with stopped working after a while that sucks uh blu-ray same region as us brings its own reverse importation issues yes it does we uh all the time i'm seeing people like uh in our um augie and i are part of anime collecting groups on facebook yeah. all the time we see people talking about oh look at this import i just got from japan you know which is great for the Japanese, because it's helping their market a lot, you know. You that you have people importing Madman, some sort right. of uh, Philippine well, we should talk about Monster. That, yeah, Monster. Yeah, we got some new information on Monster. Don't let me forget this chat. I got to come back to Monster, and I found out why. I heard a new theory. I heard new information on why Monster got canceled over here. But I'll come back to that in a second. No, do that now. <laughs> no, no, I got. I got to get through this. I want to catch up on chat. Blue same region. Picarna goes only artist. Yeah, Obata. Uh, Juden Chan. Juden Chan. Um, there is a version of Juden Chan that came out before they switched over to. Um, oh, Blu-ray. He's saying BDR. Let me check. Um, one second. Yeah, but kind of going back to the whole Blu-ray and keeping DVD, DVD's easier oh, to play no, than this Blu-ray. Wait, the DVD of Juden Chan had broken audio? Are you talking about Juden Chan Recharge or the original? I believe, I, I believe so. I have some other information Damn it. <laughs> this title. I waited forever for the, for the Recharge to come out because I wanted to see that show dubbed. I, ha I still haven't watched it. Gosh well, dang it. Okay, I'm going to check the uh, the Blu-ray real quick. Check it. See, uh, for the record, if you guys haven't noticed yet, um, I buy everything that Media Blasters puts out because I don't want them to go out of business. So that's I why know. I've got Juden Chan, Juden Chan Recharge, Juden Chan Recharge Blu-ray. You know, that's why I picked up you know, Suganosaur Blu-ray and um, all of this stuff because I don't want them to go out of business. All right, let's check. Mm -hmm. You'd think with their hentai lineup, they would still be on strong. Okay, this is not a, um, uh, a burned Blu-ray, by the way. At least not the one I have. Yeah, because um, from what I understand, Bright Stuff's actually handling um, Media Blaster's uh, Blu-rays both in terms of um, housing them, shipping them, and all that. Because I think I think that the major thing with Media Blasters right now is they lost their warehouse. And I think that that's one of the major reasons why they've resorted to the method that they've resorted to. Um, and so we... Say what? They swapped to a new place. They finally got their recording studio built. They found a raccoon in there. They did get their recording studio built, and they they um, they partnered with something called MB Voiceworks, but which okay. doesn't stand for Media Blasters, by the way. Just very strange coincidence. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that fell through. 
or maybe they absorbed them. I don't know. Something happened with that. I have to go back and do some more research on it. But um, um, anyway, so uh, there is only one Juden, Juden Chan series. Um, they re-released it as Recharged because they added a dub. Same with Rio Rainbow Gate, which I also picked up recently. Didn't I get that in anime? Oh, no, I didn't get that. Where is that? I don't think I put that in my collection yet. It should be right here. So here's here's the first one that they have. That's just yeah sub. Yeah sub only. Um, so there's the Rio Rainbow Gate. It's not recharged. It's something well, I could just pull it up on my app, on my uh, movie collector cataloging thing. I'm I don't recall, but I think it might be shuffled or beforehand. It's reshuffled. reshuffled. It's called Real Rainbow Gate Reshuffled. But mine is uh, pressed. For which one? Real Rainbow Gate? Real Rainbow Gate. For the original Real Rainbow Gate? Yeah. Yeah. The original one, if you look at the date on that disc, the date that they pressed those is so far beyond uh, uh, behind the release date. Um, they... Uh, they had that sitting in their um, in their in their lineup ready to release for so long that's one of the issues where uh, like I said the Japanese producers had little nitpicky logistic things that they had to get sorted out um, I don't know so, gonna say something so, so you said season two is released by genie you're you're talking about Jubei Chan yes I am talking about Jubei Chan. When I, when I talk to uh, Media Blasters at their at their vendor spot, mm -hmm. I mentioned it last. Asked them last AWA, and they said we are work for the DVD. We can't get the second season due to license. Yeah, we're hoping this. I'm somewhat directly quoting them. The guy said we're hoping for the Blu-ray. We're still in talks with them. That we can also get the second season in there with it. So whenever they release the Blu-ray, there's a possible chance of season two being season one. That's cool. Like, season two is like a whole different show, though. I just run the mystery. The same. Oh, well. Heard it here Let's first. Um, so. That mecha guy says, does anybody own Kite on Blu-ray from Anime Works? If so, how's the quality? When did that come out? And is it the uncut version? I do not know about the Blu-ray. Um, yeah, I think they got World War Blue because it, from what I understood, it walked. And that was probably a cheaper OVA license that they can get and quickly get out so they can sell something. Yeah, hold on one second. Why is it just a live-action movie? Seriously, what the hell? Uh, I, I did a review on Holy Night. When I released that review for it... Oh, you're talking about... That was, okay, sorry. I'm, I, I'm talking ahead. about the very last one that yep, FDN did, NM did. I was surprised how many views I got with that. Like, first day, I hit over 300 just on that one. Wow. And that's, and that's a lot for articles uh, so okay. it, it has its following kind of strange though you have something Danny oh, 300 Danny chapters says, plus and it only gets two episodes for 
for Juden Chan. Wait, sit. Oh, for Kai, Holy, Holy Night. Um, I talked to them about that too. I'll bring that up in a second. Um, Danny says burn discs for me would require several ISO backups. What he's saying is he's going to, that means like you rip the footage off of it. Um, that's actually a really good idea because burned DVDs don't maintain their quality as long as pressed DVDs do. Eventually all this stuff is going to be worthless, but I should be long dead before then. So that'll be okay. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to say that that's, um, uh, that that is smart. If it's something that you're going to, I mean, again, the shows that they're putting out on burn DVDs are not really high profile shows that you really want to see over and over again. Um, you know, you're never going to see attack on Titan or dragon ball get released on a burn DVD because it wouldn't be financially. Um, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't be something that would be worth doing. You know, it'd be, it would be much cheaper and more profitable for them to put them out on a press DVD. Right. Um, but if there is a show that that is released on a burn DVD, um, for instance, Nobody's Boy Remy, if you happen to get that set, uh, definitely back that up because those will not last forever. Um, I'm almost done with the chat. Hold on. I wanna... Not what old man said. I guess I need to watch this sooner or later. The Blu-ray encryption is updated on official licensed software regularly. This is what stops. What's up, bro? Okay. Oh, God, that's annoying. Well, Hollywood has to make okay. the money. All right, so... Um, okay, so it's the cut versions for the Blu-rays of Kite. Oh, no, Kite. Well, yeah, okay, no yeah, no Kite is not uncut. Okay. Um, well, wait, hold on. I have the Bandai release of Jubei Chan Complete Collection... She gets the urinal stuck on her head. Yeah, that's what I was laughing about. <laughs> oh, old man, that that hurts. I'm, I'm almost. I like one more DVD, and I got all of that labor. It's released over here. Thus completing Oof. all of John's DVD releases. Oh yeah, that's rough. Um, yeah, God, some of those, some of those DVDs, like those cases, you can tell when a company has started using shitty quality cases because for exactly what old man just said, when you, sometimes you try to take the disc out, it breaks the disc, you know? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about Holy night. I, I talked to them. They said that uh, they were trying something with Holy night um, where something to do with the sales that media blasters had were some, somehow they were, uh, don't quote me on this because I'm probably remembering it wrong. This is from back in 2015. They were sort of directly affecting the production in Japan or something like that. And basically they were testing out a direct license to media blasters to see if um, they, if it would sell and if it would be worth it to produce more. Um, because as you said, it's uh, it, they only got two episodes, but the actual, series is much longer it could be way longer yeah. than that and um, again the whole series the 300 plus chapters has a whole lot of rape and other stuff so there's probably a lot of content that they can't censor or will not make mom complain okay well um i, I haven't read it so i don't know but i haven't even watched it yet but i just um talking to them i remember they specifically mentioned something to that effect there's something else you're going to mention um well, as you remember that, the two from 
Bandai that I have a huge complaint about packaging wise has to be Zentrix. Mm-hmm. Because with this, I like the book aesthetic, but when you take the DVD out, it's like snug and you can hear it. Yeah, slight crinkle and crack. Yeah. It's that snug, and as you're pulling it, ugh, it feels like you're about to break the disc. Old, yeah. old man says the Pat Labor DVDs are some of the oldest in his collection. I'm curious, what's the oldest thing in your collection? Me? Well, oldest thing if you don't count VHS. Right. I would have to say this format of uh, Green Legend Ron. Isn't Art of Fighting the oldest thing they released? Or Battle Arena Toshinden, I think, was the first I DVD. Do have, I do have that on DVD. I mean, I like I said, I got, I got the whole... Live, except for one DVD, I got the whole DVD library of Central Park Media. Right. By the way, that reminds me, um, not last podcast, but the podcast before that, uh, Augie and I found out about, or Augie showed me this thing, uh, Cat Girl Kiki. <laughs> What's the Don't Asian pulp cinema thing? That that was the live action of mm-hmm. um, Central Park Media. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we found out that it was a trilogy, and we found out what the other ones were: Legend of the Doll and Pretty Maid Cafe. Um, and it's funny because I bought these, and then I actually found them at Anime Expo, um, being sold at Anime Depot's booth. By the way, Anime Depot also goes by the name King Roach, if you've, um, if you might know by that title. Wow, uh, Shane says, confirm. Shane confirmed it is that artifacting is artifacting. I think uh, Battle Toshinden was yeah. the first 3D fighting game. I think it actually is. Battle Arena Toshinden actually is the first uh, DVD. Let me. I, I think it's in that. I think well, it's if in really the. Te- if you really want to get technical, it's Tenchi Muyo from Pioneer. I think in anime. Wait, Muyo, no, that's Laser Disc. I'm sorry, that's Laser Disc. Yeah. If you look up Battle Arena, maybe it's actually the Japanese version. Um, I think I remember Battle Arena Toshinden's uh, has like a um, trivia, you know, in the trivia section. Oh, they don't have trivia. The 1997 release. I don't remember where where I saw it, but I do remember. God. Damn, that's expensive right now. Um, I think it, I don't think it was this version of it though. I feel like it was the other version. Maybe it is Art of Fighting. Let me look up Art of Fighting real quick. Because neither of those are the ones I'm talking about. As you ponder, uh, Moldi, I like Moldiver. Yeah. Oh, uh, haven't seen Jubei Chan, so I can't really comment on it. Uh, the F, D, D, and M. Um, I wouldn't say nat. I don't have that much. I wouldn't say natural, but kind of a thrill of the hunt. You're trying to find something or seek the fish that's rare to find, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, just to clarify, I just looked it up. Uh, the oldest art of fighting was released in '98. Battle Arena Toshino was '97 for the oldest okay. one. And the one that I have isn't even the one on there. Let me grab it real quick.
Oh, yes, Danny, I agree. This green snug is horrible. Shit. Uh, it's just dropped me you're under arrest volume three box. <laughs> well, don't reveal that. Now we know it's worthless. No, it's still worth something. It means a lot to our hearts. Um, well, I'm complete ass right now. Oh, I wish I knew what that thing on the side was. Oh. I lied. It is the one they have on there. I just, for some reason, remembered the back cover. I thought that this picture was on the front, not the back. So this is this is the '97 one. I think this is. Oh, I have a couple, couple releases with the paper fold as well. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure this is billed as the the oldest uh, anime release. And if if the quality of this case is anything to go off of, it probably is because this thing looks like it's ancient. But uh, yeah, God, I dropped my box of. So mad. <laughs> Let's see, yeah, Art of Fighting has the same case. Uh, the old honestly, one does. Honestly, Danny, I would be more worried if the art on the front of the disc gets scratched because that has the metal play. It's not exactly what I'm saying, but the metal playing with the code is protected by that. Yeah. Um, so FDUNM says, I'd like to say before I forget. If it were anyone else collecting hentai, I would think they were probably some weirdo. But because it's you, it feels only natural. <laughs> so um, it's kind of funny. I keep I keep talking to Augie about this. I don't know if I've brought it up here yet, but um, one of the things that's been because you, you were just saying it's the thrill of the chase, right? You know, it's yeah. the searching for the, the legendary uh, sort can you of do thing. Do me a favor, real quick. Since you have that, since you have that light in the corner, can you hold yeah, your you hand up it? as if? No, no, no. Sit down like you were, and just have your hand like hold the bowl up. Destructo disc style. Hold on. Yeah, keep moving. There you go. I got it. There you I go. Can see it. There you go. Now talk. All right. You want me to just talk like this? <laughs> yeah, hold talk on. like that. When your arm gets tired, flop it down. All right. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> um, okay. Normally, that light is over here. Uh, get it gets me better lit, but I don't care. I don't care about uh, prepping for this series, <laughs> as you can tell by how bad the beginning of this was. Um, what was I talking about before? Um, oh, yeah. So the thing about it that's been really fun about collecting hentai is that I've watched maybe three <laughs> since uh, since I started collecting them. and Well, I guess well, three not including Kite and um, uh, what's that other one? Um, Dragon Knight. Uh, which were which were what sort of prompted me over the edge to start opening up my collection to, to doing the grab bag series and stuff. But I have to say that collecting um, hentai is fun in the sense that it opened up a whole bunch of new rare gems that I could keep an eye out for. Um, so going back to Augie's point about the thrill of the chase, um, I've got to say it when you learn, oh, this hentai is, is considered super rare. It's like, all right, now it's, it's on the list of things I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Because it's all about, as a, as a collector at this point, it's all about getting the rare stuff, finding those hard-to-find things, adding them to your collection as a sort of uh, trophy, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun in the sense that um, I've got a, a butt-ton of it that I've never watched, but I enjoy 
you know, hunting for them uh, and and finding good deals on things that that because a lot of people, uh, particularly with hentai, they sell stuff that they don't realize how um, how valuable it is. Like, did you see um, Augie? Did you see Justin's uh, live stream on Facebook where he got those mystery boxes and he just tossed everything on the ground? You bringing up the lemon man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't sat down and watched through it. Okay. I, I sat, it, I sat down it. and watched it. Uh, one of the items he got was Magic Woman M. Oh yeah, I got that one. Yeah, that's kind of a that's. I mean, it's not super rare, but uh, that's a good find, you know. Yeah. I'm preparing to react to a comment. Keep talking. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at. Uh... Okay, so FDDM wants to know what set in my collection is the one that costs me the most to own on its own. Um, why don't you answer that question, Augie? I'm afraid to answer that question because I don't know what resellers on here trying to get price gouge a certain title. And no, no offense if you are, if yeah, no, whoever no, you are fair, is just that's a fair point. Um. I'll go to safer routes and mention what's already established to be rare. The top five. Fifth one, Birdie the Mighty, Volume 2, DVD. My decode. What I am talking about is... Yeah, the individual Central Park Media DVD. The individual DVDs. Granted, for the second one, I saw those at AX. They, they had a Sokka in them. I was so mad. Yeah, roll your eyes, move forward, unless they sell it for a dollar. Because <laughs> the VHS of it is far more common. Uh, and that one, what was the pain, pain that I had to pay through was Bell. Uh, Battler or a Dunbine. Or a Battler Dunbine. Or a Battler Dunbine. Yeah. Uh, just the last two volumes. I was able to get volume eight for like ten dollars. That's pretty good. At the time at the time it was hard to find. I think now it's kind of shifted a little. Wait, volume eight's not, getting... not the last one. The last one is um it's eleven and twelve are the two last ones. Eleven and twelve. I was able to find nine and ten relatively easy at the time. Yeah. 11 and 12, 11 was almost near impossible at the time, or it felt like it. 12, I was able to grab that. Those two were... I think I spent 100 bit. and 125 um, for those. Uh, but it was worth it, because that show was awesome. Let's see. Number three. Number to answer three, your question, old man, three. yes, Mezzo um, is from the same creator of Kite. Um, I have... Oh, no, yeah, actually, I have seen the, uh, I haven't watched the series of Mezzo, but I have watched the, what's his name, um, Umatsu, I think is the guy's name, um, the guy who, the guy behind Kite and Mezzo, um, so I have seen that one, too, and it's, I'll, I'll get into that in a minute, we'll talk about that in a second, go ahead, continue, on you. Um, let's see. Um, this one, I'm just going to default to the, uh, the yeah, Haruka set. 
Haruka Beyond the Stream of Time, Volume 3. Yeah, I believe I paid the triple digits for that. Not, nothing higher than two, mind you. Uh, just because I got I had to pay that sort of price. Luckily, it was at the lower end. Sealed. Mm -hmm. It always sucks so, when you get something sealed because you're like, well, now I can't open it. Because <laughs> yeah, it's rare. You can feel. Makes, you, makes you wish that they would just re-release it. So that was what? That was three. This one, I might as well say it cost me a lot, but at the same time, it was just a general pain. I'm going back to the other people. The City Hunter collection. You're playing with fire right now, holding on to that. I know. Luckily, I have a big old lap. The pain was not. You're missing the, was, uh, was the individual DVD in the live action movie. That wasn't, released by, that wasn't released by ADB. <laughs> Augie's, Augie's got, uh, he's kind of like me. It's like, oh no, it's like, I'm not collecting anime. I'm not collecting every anime that's released. I'm just collecting every everything ADV has released. <laughs> you know, every every ADV title. So, like, here's my Andromeda collection. <laughs> Besides, the City Hunter movie is, uh, there's no animation like Roger Rabbit or the Twilight of the Cockroaches, so. It's not anime. Pretty good film. Like it to see the Asian it's, dramas. Yeah, that the, that's the that's the movie. Had. I guarantee you guys have seen clips from it on Facebook. That's the movie where Jackie Chan dresses up as all the Street Fighter characters. Just I'm really that. looking forward to the Chinese movie that's coming out because they look photo identic to the characters. Mm -hmm. Lots good. Don't know, but I'm still curious. And the number one for me has to be the P. E. Prefectural Yeah, yes, that one. I'm not going so, to reveal how much I. Well, you already know, but I'm not going to reveal how much I paid for it. But. Oof. Well, so you guys know that I spent a ton of money on on the uh, bootleg series. Let me grab the uh, most expensive thing I've ever bought. In the beginning of my research, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you because I was putting the headphones in. What's up? Oh, uh, reading how much Miyazaki Blu-ray collection is. Yeah, for the for the Canada one. Um. So when I first started doing my research into the one-to-one -one copies, um, or rather, when I first started doing the bootleg series altogether, um, when I started the channel, I made it a point to buy um, I made it a point to buy the legit forms of all the bootlegs I had picked up over the years that I hadn't you know made an attempt to get the real thing yet with the exception of just a couple that were outside of my price range at the time right um, that was before I started the channel like right before when I was setting up the office and everything to to start recording and then when I started the bootleg series, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go ahead and just get the rest of those things. So I bought them all, including um, this Rurouni Kenshin set, right? This is the economy box set that's in the red box with the three seasons. And uh, this is the real one, but I bought it 
and I stuck it on my in my bookcase and I was working on the bootleg series and this is really just way in the beginning and I'm trying to figure out whether or not because at the beginning I didn't understand the process on how DVDs are made and I, I hadn't done all this research um, and I didn't grasp it all so I thought that maybe they were the last print before everything went out of print I didn't understand how the dates worked and everything um, at the time and uh, I swear it's like the universe was guiding me in that series. There's a reason I didn't put out the early videos, and I'm glad I didn't because they're terrible. There's so much wrong information that I had just misunderstood things back then. So I'm really, I'm, in a lot of ways, I'm glad it's taken a long time. But uh, basically, one night, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I should open up this set. Not this one. This is the stand-in. But I opened it up and realized, wait a minute, these cases look familiar. You know, I pulled out the Samurai Pizza Cats bootleg, and I'm like, hold on, something doesn't add up. And I looked at the discs, and I, I went through my process and realized, holy crap, these have been bootlegged. You know, um, that, that Rurouni Kenshin set has been bootlegged. So I went to um, Amazon and eBay, and I've actually got some really funny stuff that I'm – if I don't show it in the in the actual bootleg series, it would be a real shame. But uh, there's a bunch of eBay listings – and Amazon listings where they are posting pictures of the set where literally what they're doing is taking a picture uh, from somebody else's listing and they're cutting out the background and putting a, a piece of wood behind it. So it looks like they took a picture of it on a desk. It's awful. It's the same image over all sorts of different color wood. Um, but uh, I bought... Uh, I looked all over Am uh, all over eBay, and I could see because on eBay people actually use pictures that, uh, for the most part. And if they didn't, I could ask, "Hey, are the cases clear or black?" Because back then, that was how back back then that's how they were um, saving money. The bootleggers is they were using these clear cases, uh, and you could tell the difference that way. They've changed. There is a version of this set that's bootlegged that does use black cases, which I'm going to talk about in the series. But um, I could ask on eBay and get an answer. So on Amazon, I, it wasn't as easy because they didn't have pictures. I bought every single one they were selling on there, and I just kept going down the list to the more expensive ones, right? Every one that came in was a bootleg, and I shipped it back. Until I got to the last one being sold by Newegg, which is like a computer parts um, website or whatever, and it was $700, and because it was $700, I knew that it was going to be authentic because that was the price for when the thing was rare, when it, when they first listed it and it was that was what it was worth before the bootlegs flooded the market that people couldn't tell the difference because they're one-to-one -one copies uh, and the price got dr driven down to what it is for the bootleg sets. And I had to bite the bullet and buy the $700 set uh, for the bootleg series. And I'm really glad that I did because I learned a lot from this set. Uh, which I'll talk about in that series. Um, and there's actually another set uh, I'll talk about later uh, in the series that um, it's actually in my bookcase in every video I did up to the point where I realized they were bootlegs. But I had bootlegs in my collection, in my videos, sitting right behind me 
um, for a set that had been bootlegged by the one-to-one bootleggers. So uh, it's, it was a really eye-opening experience because I, when I realized that that this set, not this one, this is the real one, of course, but that I had bought this set and it was fake, I went back and looked at all the eBay and Amazon purchases I had made for the past couple of years, and I checked everything. And a lot of them turned out to be one-to-one uh, copies, you know, the one-to-one uh, bootlegs. And that's what caused me to take this so seriously and to realize, look, these people are targeting collectors. They are targeting the people who want to have these specific versions of these box sets. They're targeting the people who are willing to pay more, you know? So that's why I've been on this journey for the last couple of years to, to really expose this. And I've got a method, I think, on how we might be able to actually locate the the one-to-one operation and shut them down but i'm going to keep that on the down low for now um, until i can confirm whether or not i can actually do that so anyway i'm just going to catch up on the chat which looks like it's not a oh, whole lot oh f d d and um no no flights needs not touch that let sentai grab it they've, they've been releasing some ovas from Roman kenshi don't let flights touch that Yes, FD Dana. If your brother's sets are clear, then yeah, he has the bootleg one. The uh, the official sets, just so so that everybody knows. Uh, season one looks like this. Oh, they're oh they're just talking about running catching. I'm sorry. Yeah. Set one looks like this. All right. Set uh, season two and three are in a stack pack. Okay. I'll grab the bootlegs and show you. Hang on. With the bootleg sets, where are they? <laughs> I know they have the license. I'm just really hoping they don't re-release that for outrageous price. But that's what they like to do at the moment. Don't know what this new president has in store, but not planning for them to change their strategies at all. And he's back. Seven hundred bucks for me—that's not cheap. I don't want to make it sound cheap, uh, because as I mentioned earlier in the video or in this uh, stream, that I don't—I don't make a consistent amount of money, but I do make eighty an hour for what I do when I do work, because I have a very specialized field in visual effects. But here's the. Uh, Here's the the bootleg sets and God, yeah, there's the really cheap modular cases that fall apart and are impossible to get back in. So that's the clear sets. But I always like the modular one. It's just an interesting okay, piece so to me. The mod. What I mean by modular is that they're designed to snap in and out as many different cases as you want. Because the reason these other uh, cases are so expensive is that they're designed specifically to, to accommodate um, a specific number, right? So they have to pay for these specialized sets, whereas the bootleggers are just snapping in the number of discs they need for each set. So though this is the clear set for the bootleg. This is the black set for the bootleg, okay? If you aren't holding these side by side, you'd never be able to know. But I just want to point out, yeah, you can barely tell on camera that this one's still in plastic, but uh, this one is um, redder, and this one's a little bit more orange. 
But again, unless you're holding them side by side, you won't be able to tell. Uh, the printing quality on the bootlegs is actually really good. But, uh, and this is actually how I started to uh, suspect that the bootleggers had the print documents, which is something I'm going to be talking about in that series. Um, because for a reason I'll get into in a minute, here's the black discs or the black cases, pardon. Um, they're just in the same modular style as the clear ones, but they're black instead. Okay. Um, and it's, they're using the same one for all of these. And my theory back then I saw something in here and must have just been a reflection on something. But I saw something dangling. Oh, and then this one, this is something that happens way too often with bootlegs. This one's in upside down. Um, so that this starting... No, I guess I'm wrong here. No, no, no yeah. Because the uh, the little, what do you call these? The, um, the thing that, the booklet holder. Uh, is on the wrong side. And that happens all the time with bootlegs, I feel like. Um, but here's the thing. My theory back then was that the cases were, the, the they were so cheap. Um, you know, because they're, they're not paying for a license. They're not paying for anything. They're stealing everything. But the cases are how they're able to really run the operation because they're using these really shitty cheap, cheap cases. They're actually the same types of cases that Funimation uses in their save editions. But check this out. These are the legit ones. Is that, is that your fire along or is that yeah, my fire it's, it's mine and I, it's driving me nuts. It's, I don't think I can show you appropriately. You can kind of see that these are basically lined up at the top, but see the bottom? There's an extra lip on this side. These are bigger than these, all right? If I stick the official sets in the bootleg box, and this is like a whole demonstration I'm planning to do in the video, there's like a whole... Look at this gap, all right? They're extending the pattern on this artwork to accommodate these cheaper sets, these cheaper boxes. So that was really eye-opening for me in the research process. And I'm glad I spent that 700 bucks because it really helped me to, uh, to understand things early on and start to take my research in different directions. Because um, I'm actually really convinced that whoever is making these has those print documents. Um, and I'm going to, I actually, um, I haven't talked to him yet, but one of Discotech's um, graphic designers, Bradley Hartel on uh, Twitter, I've, uh, I've had a uh, um, private message going back and forth with him. I'm going to be um, asking him what his opinion is about my theory and stuff. So um, hopefully I'll get some good information for the, for the series that way. But anyway, let's catch up on the uh, um, the chat here. Uh, well, to about Aniplex, and you said Sentai needs to get it. Yep, they already released new stuff that they they, should, they released they the new Kyoto arc or whatever. Um, remember I asked you guys about that that logo. By the way, we discovered that that logo, that green logo that looked like a green version of Genion. Um, we've uncovered it. It's the Genko logo. Um, but uh, there's a bootlegger on eBay 
It goes by the username Nefo11, who's selling stuff in. He packages them in paper sleeves, and he he, he was burning them right. And he uh, this cracks me up. He's throwing random logos on it to try to fool unsuspecting buyers. So this says Sentai Filmworks on it, who who had nothing to do with this with the Kenshin series. This is this is the show. By the way, he crammed what is it like ninety three episodes. On to one, two, three, four, five discs, six discs maybe. So, uh, but he's got the Sentai Filmworks logo and the TBS, which stands for Tokyo Broadcast System um, animation logo on here, which isn't even the station that it aired on in Japan. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just I brought that up because you, you brought up uh, Sentai in regards to uh, Kenshin. It'd be really funny if he ended up predicting who gets the series. There you go. Uh, that'd be hilarious. But um, let's see, get more. Luckily for me, I'm usually, I know, I believe I know how to fish. So a lot of titles, just like you saw with Fake earlier, if you're skipping around uh, Fake, I know it says $8, but when I had to catch a sell with 25%, I was able to get this for $6. Uh, Normally, I can find stuff if I'm looking and trying to find it. I can find it for a lot less than what online will try to gouge for. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I did a video, um, tips from the anime collector shopping online. The first video is all about why I think it's a good idea not to shop online. You know, and I didn't really go into that detail about how you can, you nowadays, you can get better deals if you buy stuff in store than online. If you can find it, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the whole first video is all about uh, the philosophical idea of why it's better as a collector. Your collection will mean more to you if you actually go out and search for things rather than just type it in online and find it. You know. But That's um, why I'm so happy for saying Charles. To come my yeah, you're, you're lucky. Um, I've got I've got a store in Phoenix that I could go to, but last time I went there, I owned everything that they had. So. Um, yeah, it's not a, not a worthwhile trip for me. I'm really, I'm really hoping I can move back to California next year or the year after, and then I'll just go to book off again. Cause that was, that's always a great, um, shopping experience. Um, yeah. One of the things, one of the Pat labors here, one of the Pat labor DVDs I got came from that story. Oh yeah. Has, has the book off sticker on it. So should we, uh, direct things towards, um, go to guy world and all that? Oh, let's, Did it, let's ask this. Else. How many how many people actually sat down and watched it? I know Danny watched it. I think FDDNM also watched it. As as a review for what they look like, a symbol insert look like this. Going to guy. Going to guy. Looks like looks like this. In the Doctor Schlump movies, look like this. Yeah. I don't even know where I put that, but it's okay. You've got, you've already showed them. I don't have to hold it. Um, yeah, that's why I stepped out in the background. That's why I stepped out and came right back. Yeah, I'm gonna grab another water because I'm, I'm just like, I'm dying under this fan right now. But it would be too hot to turn it off. Hold on. For those out there, please message in the live chat or in the messages below. Would you like to meet me at AWA? 
which stands, which this AWA stands for Anime Week Atlanta, not the Wrestling Federation. Which they should be afraid because I can take all of them on. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, it's always a coin flip with buying some stores at DDM. Okay, FDG and MCC, he didn't watch them. Okay. Uh, with Evan with the Evangelion older movies, the let's see, the Death Rebirth and End of Evangelion, yeah. they are technically those are common. They're sought yeah. after, or sort of sought after. They're expensive, common. but they're they're not hard to find. What's super expensive is the collection yeah, from book collection because it's a holographic box that you're paying more money for. So this piece of paper is what's causing it to raise the price. <laughs> so, as far as I'm concerned, if you find this mm -hmm. for a dollar, or this for a dollar, but it didn't come with this, then you got ripped off. <laughs> I still say that they, that they did good because my why should one piece of paper demean the cost of the artifact? Yeah, but postcard. Yeah. Don't forget, don't forget the postcard from Long Entertainment. Please. I I, I want to know if anybody's actually ever sent one of these postcards out. <laughs> Wish you were here at our anime club. <laughs> anyway. Put this over here because I know I'm going to damage that. Well, I do apologize, right. FDDNM. I didn't know that there was only one store there. Oh, gosh. I'll be right back. Hmm. Um, I know that there were different versions of the. Evangelion TV series because you had the first trial release, the remaster, the director's cut, and the platinum edition, which unless you import the blue Blu-ray box from Japan, that's about as high quality in English that you can get. I'm not right. sure if the blue Evangelion box in Japan has English on it or not, but... <laughs> English subtitles? Because that dub is terrible. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't prefer it, but it is terrible. <laughs> I'm a Tiffany Grant fan. Um, okay, so JT Master has the same initials as somebody that I bought stuff for, and it made me remember it. It might actually be that person because they said they're stuck in Texas now, and the person yeah. is in Texas. <laughs> so um, Naughty Senpai on YouTube requested me to pick up the Shantae figure. Uh, from Anime Expo, and uh, I got to correct JT Master. The JT Master, the Totoro. Well, it's the same one. The Totoro released from Fox. Yeah. The dubbing was done from Troma Films because yeah. when they released uh, 
Nazca Valley of the Wind the first time, they did a bad job. It was called something else. It was called Warriors of the Wind. So yeah, they I were just trying wanted, to I just wanted to show this off because I, I've literally not sent it to him so I could show it off in the podcast and almost forgot to. Anyway, continue. So there's a group of people that have been trying to get more Miyazaki stuff released over here because of the quality. Mm-hmm. So they took a risk and asked Troma to. That was uh, um, XR. Yeah. That was. Was that Brad Bird, I think, at Pixar? Believe, whoever that annoying guy is that starts off with his long dialogue before the, the deal with them, so I can. Yeah, I want to yeah. skip that person. So. It was just a weird instance that someone that made the Toxic Avenger also yeah. voice this beloved creature that's in a Disney film. That's and again, he's also in a Disney. Well, Lloyd's also in a Disney film. So, too far. Let's see. So that Ghibli DVD, um, the Fox dub of Totoro. Do you guys? I'm curious. Um, I like that dub more than the. Disney one. Um, I saw Totoro in theaters uh, when I was a kid in America with the Fox dub. Um, is it really that more? Is it really? You could probably find that online for a cheap if it's expensive because um, that is one of the first DVDs. Uh, I've got it right here. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about this one. The, the family Fox family feature of Totoro. Um, when was this released? Because this was, I, I heard, one of the earliest. Is this 2002? So it's definitely not. But I, I heard somewhere that this was one of the earliest DVDs ever released. But this is years after um, Toshinden came out on DVD. Anyway, um, 70, that's, I don't know if it's worth that much. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. British Ichi the Killer dub? Well, let's talk about it's a Studio KSS film stuff. Are you talking about Episode Zero? Ichi the Killer Episode Zero, the animated one? I love that ocean group. In uh, in Canada, had just those were the best dubs growing up. Um, is the ones that they were doing that they had for all the Genion um, titles. Then they like they evolved into Bang Zone. Wait, so JT Master is Naughty Senpai? It is you. <laughs> so I guess I'll show you the other things I got <laughs> since it's you. I'm out of the loop. Who's naughty senpai? Oh yeah, no, you does you start your video saying yeah, you that's your other uh, the other name you go by. Yeah, so here's your Demotori CDs. <laughs> oh, I know who you are now. <laughs> oh. I'm trying okay. hard not to dox anybody. Well, at least I'm cor- at least I'm corrected. And- uh Apparently, Ocean Group's still around, and Bang Zoom's in LA. Okay. Oh, no, I think... 
thought they were Canadian, or at least in the Washington area or something like that. Bang Zoom. Who's the company that uses Bang Zoom all the time? Was that Bandai? Bandai, Genion. Uh, yeah, that, I was. Th I thought they were in Texas, but yeah, more. it's not. The, the Funimation's got their own like dubbing studio now. They are in-house. Yeah, they're. You can it, yeah, you can watch. Well, I just want to mention that um, that Naughty Senpai is mostly on Twitch. Just for the record, if anybody wants to check them out. Uh, but anyway, um, you can if you go back and you look at the dvds you can find like the exact moment where funimation started um authoring their dvds in-house based on the dvd credits and the uh nobody's gonna care about this besides me this is this is the kind of research i did for the bootleg series guys <laughs> i looked all this stuff up and and did all this um this research and information about all this stuff but yeah it's, it's probably unimportant and uninteresting to everybody else so let's talk about uh going to guy world oh my well, i got the chat right all here. right going to guy world going to guy world it was uh, a 91 release started in february 2000 yeah you know, february very 21st uh 1991 and they finally got all three episodes released in uh June 27th, 1991 as well. The production was Dynamic Planning, animation production was Triangle Staff, and the distribution was Bandai Visual. The director, uh, Omano Soke Iria, which he passed away this past uh, November 11th, 2010. The other titles that he directed was the Devilman OVA, the Helsing original TV series, My Space Miners, and pretty much anything to do with Mobile Suit Gundam uh, 8th and S team. Are you talking about this one? Yep. One with a good good human voice acting with a very strange monster voice acting. Yeah. So I just want to clarify real quick. Um, Naughty Senpai says he goes by JT Master Jedi on Twitch if you want to check him out. <clears throat> Just wanted to verbalize that since that's not going to stay immortalized in the chat forever. Um, so I watched this first. I actually watched this today. This is the thing I watched right before I went to bed. Um, uh, I really enjoyed it. I wish more. I wish more uh, creators would do stuff like this. You know, um, it was actually kind of interesting going from Go Nagai World to uh, Doctor Slump. <laughs> Because so many of the characters in Dr. Slump are chibi as well. <laughs> uh, and then Assemble Insert uh, was all about the Demon Gang. <laughs> uh, so that was interesting too. Um, but uh, it was interesting seeing Violence Jack show up in, um, in chibi form and not hurting anyone. Yeah, well, it was weird because when I first saw him, I kept thinking it was um, the guy from Getter Robo. But he, the guy from Getter Robo has a red scarf, not a yellow one. And I'm like, that's not Violence Jack. And, and I'm like, that would explain why he's so tall, you know. And then eventually they did actually comment on why he was, uh, on the fact that he was so tall and that it was Violence Jack. Um, but it was really interesting because they they kind of hinted at the idea that he was also Devilman. 
Yeah, that was uh, before that OVA. That was something long speculated. Mm -hmm. I was if you remember one point he mentioned bad person mentioned X to good person and good person went away. Then we see Bonus Jack show up and that kind of confirmed that it was, which I would kind of side with that too, but I think it's still all up into speculation. Um, I, for me, for going to Guy World, I enjoyed the comedy. It did not feel like uh, I felt yeah, like 135 minutes. It felt like 45 minutes watching through all this. Um, for it being a super deformed midget, chibi, whatever you want to call it. It was Fitz a great can get away with saying, oh, yeah. Um, you have some gags like uh, in the Devilman show. The main character is trying to hide that he's Devilman to his girlfriend. But later <laughs> on, like, she oh, reveals, no, I've been reading the comics. I know it's you. <laughs> oh, yes. Fantastic. Oh. Then you have the siren, the bird, yeah. bird lady from uh, from Devilman. Her using her attacks like the beam, and she used her uh, her eagle arms to pop off like it was. Yeah, like that, that was hilarious. Let me, let me address something. FDGM is asking me to address something before he goes to sleep. Okay. I brought up monster. Thank you for thank you for reminding me. I did ask you guys in the chat to remind me. Um, so just to clarify, for a while. yeah. So the the thing about the thing about monster is that until just recently, the reasoning I've heard from everybody was that quote unquote it didn't sell well, which I always thought was ridiculous because there's no way monster didn't sell well, you know. Um, but I finally heard um, from Animaniac reviews on Twitter uh, that the reason is because they got sued. Um, apparently, the band that performed the ending theme to Monster wanted more money, and they sued Viz, and Viz just said, screw it, we're not going to release the rest of it. So, Which is weird, considering the whole thing was shown on, was it Tech TV? No, it was uh, Anime Monday on Sci-Fi. Sci-fi, right? Yeah. So it was I was on, able it was to catch every channel. last episode that they showed on Anime stuff. Anime Monday, then they canceled it. Yeah. So um, that that's that's the information is that apparently the, there was a lawsuit to do with the music. Um, and then yeah, people are saying the Region Four version. Uh, that's everybody's going for the, the Australian release because at least it exists. Um, I'm holding out for a. Uh, for a Blu-ray. Um, that's something as popular as that. It'll get re-released. Oh, definitely. Um, oh, dude, that Blu-ray. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll get back to Golden Guy World in a second, but that uh, Mr. Nice Guy has been showing off on Twitter the screenshots from the uh, the Blu-ray of Outlaw Star, and oh my God, the the colors in the sky. Are so vibrant and like so. There's so much more depth that you don't get from the DVD of the uh, of just how clear the um, uh, the uh, the like you know the galaxies. There we go. The the the, the nebulas and galaxies are are so vibrant in in the Blu-ray of Outlaw Star. Um, 
And FDM says, wow, Mr. DVD over here waiting for the Blu-ray. Yes, I'm waiting for the Blu-ray because I don't think that uh, I don't think that Viz is actually going to release the rest of the DVD. I think that I think that the next logical step is that they're going to do the Blu-ray, um, which is kind of interesting if you think about it, because Viz did release um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which has that song by Yes. You'd think that of all things, that would be a song that would be difficult to uh, to get. You know, if you, if you look at behind the box of the recent JoJo release, you should mm -hmm. see WB on there as well. Yeah, well, they have a studio and can kind of mitigate that. That's yeah, my I, assumption. I guess, yeah, I assume, but um, Viz seems to be handling at least the Blu ray um, more. Uh, and not to get off topic, but I'm just gonna say I love the JoJo dub, and I think everybody who hates on it is crazy. Because it's the only it's the only way you could make a dub crazy enough to match that show. But uh, let's get back to uh, to Go in a Guy World. Um, so one of my favorite things about it was that he took off his pants repeatedly before changing into Devil Man. <laughs> that cracked me. Might as well. He's just gonna be losing it. It was really funny. Um, Let's see him climbing up the building the like a monkey and. The turtle the getting his head cut off. Oh, that. And then hanging around just the head for so many, like for just all three episodes, just the headless turtle. There's just, just the head and following them around. And then that one character who's like head and body is detached, the turtle like attached to his body. Oh <laughs> God, that was, uh, it was, it was a great, it was a great watch. Um, oh yeah. Uh, it's really, it really got me pumped to actually get into watching the, uh, the original Devil Man series that I hadn't actually oh, yeah. watched yet. If anything, it should introduce more of his work. Granted, they yeah. show Cutie Honey in the opening, but not use her. Uh, yeah. The first episode with the siren stuff, she invites De Devil Man to her apartment in, in Icy <laughs> Hell. Yeah. Oh, God, Dr. Hell. Yeah. Oh, yes. Which, uh, which was nice of them to give him both eyes. Mm -hmm. oh, God, I, that's funny you mentioned. I just um, I, I just watched a clip from. Uh, um, oh, Siren um, is the hawk lady with the boobs. Yeah, um, I I just watched a clip from Metal Gear Solid Three again. I needed footage from from Metal Gear Solid for a video that, that's in the description um, for the CQC stuff, and I saw that clip again after he loses his eye and he fights. Um, What's his name? Ocelot. And Ocelot punches him in the eye. <laughs> he punches him in the eye patch. And he just... Gets, uh, Big Boss just gives him this smirk. I don't know. That, that cracked me up. Anyway. Um, uh, quickly, com uh, for the comments. Um, the Devilman movies and OVAs are better than the TV series because it doesn't go undergo the harsh censorships of the 70s at the time. Well... I see that they're better because they're probably more serious. Yeah. Well, the so, original. Hold on. Series, but... I've got a question. I saw this. I saw the live action Devil Man first, I think. Yeah. Not this one. I had a bootleg of years ago, but I bought the legit one. Um, is this Siren or is this Satan? Huh. That's Siren. I would, I would assume it's Siren. I have not watched it yet. Satan I, is Amon. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to click on the thing so people can see it. 
Uh, in Go Nagai World, um, um, no, no. Rio. What's Rio his name? is Rio something. Yeah, he was Satan. He the blonde guy. Yeah. Which he, I was wrong last podcast because I thought he, that person was the main character of Fedora, but I'm wrong. Guess I'm uh, rebuying uh, my Devil Man. <laughs> uh, what happened? It, there's a it's damaged, but it's okay because it's already sun faded. I think I can't tell. But I suspect that's sun faded because that's not red. That's pink. Rio Asuka. Thank you. Um, that looks like that looks more like his angel harpy devil form than uh, than it looks like Siren. But when I remember watching this, not that I remember it that well, but I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember this character going from a guy to a girl. I don't know. Well, the same character is both genders at the same time. So I like the ultimate being from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure 2, Battle Tendencies with Joseph. Okay. <laughs> you haven't seen that? Um, Battle Tendencies came out the original one, right? The original one that was released? Yes. Oh, no, no. The Battle Tendencies is the second series with Joseph when he's young. Right? Yes. Do you remember Volcano? If you don't remember Volcano, you haven't gotten that far. No, I've seen it. Okay. I've seen what Viz released. I just don't remember it that well. How do you not remember that part? That's I'm, such an I'm awesome sure I re- conclusion. I, I'm sure if I saw a screenshot from it, I'd, I'd re- it would jog my memory. Look at Satan in Shin Megami Tensei. He has like six tits. Okay. Um, there's a. Uh, I said this like. Was it Tokyo Revelations? We were talking about. Isn't that Shin Megami Tensei? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We were we were considering watching that next, but uh, Augie doesn't have it yet. I don't have it yet. Oh, let's see. Second episode, you have the whole techno hijinks of uh, the half and half guy abducting them, bringing them over to their world. You see how boneheaded uh, uh, Akira Fudo and the pilot of Mazinger is. Yeah, at first, the Mazinger um, guy felt like he was kind of shoehorned in. But he did kind of take over by the third volume. My one of my favorite parts was uh, um, was the camaraderie that he had with um, uh, Akira over the uh, um, to be a man is to is to like the hot blooded whatever the phrase he used, and they like had that camaraderie. And then uh, the girl from Mazinger's like like bunch of idiots, and she looks over at Maki or what was her, that was her name, right, Maki. And Maki's like, you know, like uh, uh, in awe over, yeah. over how manly they were being. Even um, I like the combination of Turtle Head and Mazinger Pilot. Yeah, because you have like the instance with the bomb. Oh no, it's not. It's not the clay connected by the wire. It's inside fuse. the clay. Oh, they, they had a. You could tell they had a lot of fun with that project, and and what oh, was kind yeah. of interesting is that. Um, 
something that's really hard when you don't have a team behind you when you're creating stuff is getting the ideas out fast enough that like it's still fun like because this is the kind of project where it's like wouldn't it be fun if we did this and then when you actually sit down it's like you get out a lot of really funny ideas and then it's like uh like it's just a, a, a it's a chore to continue it at, at a certain point you know right. it gets really difficult to continue writing um unless you can sketch out really quickly the storyboards or or something and get the ideas flowing quickly oh um, they had a really good animation director uh yeah kazuno Koz Kazuno, I keep like moving them, and then how do I keep doing this to myself? Here it is. You're building a wall around yourself. Okay, so the which one? Hmm? Oh, Gunner, art director, animation director, Kazuo Komatsubara. Yep. He he pretty much stuff that he animated. Directed animation wise is like Captain Harlock, Galaxy Express 39, Get a Robo, Tokyo Pig, Junkers Come Home. Junkers. Have you seen that? I haven't yet. Let's do you have it? I know I can get it quick. We should do that for our next uh, next podcast watching. Junkers. Call me Junkers. Yeah. So how how'd you feel about uh, the whole sun thing? That was bizarre, especially just even them transferring from day to night was like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, like that animation, the whole sun reveal. I think the people so who did who's that, the character supposed to be? Is that supposed to be going to guy's head? Yeah, I think it might be be a caricature of himself. Yeah, well, I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be Gona Guy or if it was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the, the person who directed or whatever. You know, it just it. I didn't. I I don't know that I've ever seen a picture of Gona Guy, but that's not what I pictured he'd look like. <laughs> Obviously, oh, it was he, a caricature, but he um, he was a background character in the either the second or the third Toxic Avenger movie. Uh, overall, I haven't said that much. Uh, I enjoyed the pacing of, of going to Guy World for it to be a silly chibi short. It delivers well. I laughed a lot of times. And if you're new to going to Guy, this is probably a quick introduction for you to at least get the curiosity up. I've uh, probably seen a lot more of going to Guy than I'll give myself credit for, but um, I really haven't seen a lot of what was featured in here and this was a great Fair way to, to introduce myself to it i have to say once one scene i was busting out laughing was uh, the get a robo robot mm -hmm. the enemy took his ship there and the robot just repaired it like it was nothing like this was just some customer mm -hmm. oh yeah and it, the the thing broke apart and it like rearranged itself that was hilarious yeah. <laughs> So uh, Naughty Senpai says that uh, his roommate, uh, who's also on the Naughty Senpai channel, did a review for Digital Devil Story, which is Shin Megami Tensei. Um, I'll throw that in the YouTube cards um, if you guys want to check it out. Anyway, oh, continue. Oh, he said he never did it. 
No, he said he never can. He he told him to do more reviews because he thought it was decently done, but yeah. um, sadly he never did. So so you're not going to get to see more than that, but maybe worth be worth checking out the uh, um the one that he did, assuming it's on YouTube, and I can throw it through a YouTube card. Otherwise, I'll just put it in the description if it's on another platform. Anyway, any well, final words for doing the one? Uh, definitely worth getting. It was really bizarre that I couldn't find it at Anime Expo. I thought, at bare minimum, the discotheque booth would have it. I thought, absolutely, they've got to have it, you know, but they didn't. Um, uh, although I will say something that was going on with Anime Expo this year, I heard from numerous, um, I heard from numerous different booths, was that uh, they were in a rush to get to Chicago for something like I guess two days after AX uh, was over. So like on, on Thursday, so AX is over on Tuesday. That was the 4th of July. And then on Thursday, they, they all needed to be in Chicago for another convention. Um, so by day three, a lot of places had cleaned up most of their stock. You know, um, they had already shipped half of it over to Chicago. So I don't know. I guess that was probably why, because um, discotheque, I heard they brought everything over on a plane. They just, they just stuck their all their stuff in like a suitcase uh, and uh, baggage checked it on a plane or something to the convention rather than driving it down in a truck like half the other uh, that makes sense because they're based in Florida yeah but uh, it was just it was interesting um, to uh, to say the least <coughs> that um, they didn't have a whole lot luckily they had all the loop on stuff so I was able to uh, uh, to get that, yeah, they didn't. They don't have a huge booth, by the way. No, I wish that they would fix their catalog online. Yeah. Old man says we could watch Dokoida. I've actually, I don't own Dokoida. I've, I've been meaning really? to pick it up. Wow, then, well, I definitely got it easy to grab. Yeah. I, I'd like to get it, but um, because of my because of my current financial problem uh, with that money not coming until August, I don't want to buy anything new uh, if I don't have to until after that gets handled. Is there an anime for everyone? Yes, it's called Cat Girl Nuku Nuku. I'll stand by that. Um, okay, no comment. <laughs> no comment. No comment. It's not terrible. It's just, I don't know. It's the 90s, and it's safe. And the BTA will not heckle you. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. I think that there's a better choice. I bet that there's something else you could pick that would be more widely accepted, but uh, I, I'm not going to battle you on it because I, I can't think of what it would be off the top of my head. But um, anyway, so... Uh, we've got two other things to talk about. We've got. Uh, what, what were your final thoughts on it? Um, I, I liked you. it, and I wish more. I wish more creators would do this kind of fun stuff. Well, I was going to mention um, when I was talking about how it's hard to keep the momentum going on an idea like this because you have to be able to get those ideas out real quick and like really formulate the story, and then pay a team to make the vision sort of come to life. Otherwise, you'll run out of steam too early. You know, the joke is only funny for the first, like, couple of days that you're working on it, and then it just becomes a pain to have to to have to have do all the hard work, you know? I have 
a series um, that I've been working on called Dino Cops, and we have a we have a, a sub series that you could consider like let's say the OVAs of the series that we call DCAR, which stands for like the alternate reality where we get to dive into ridiculous ideas like what if there was a zombie outbreak? What if you know this happened or that happened? What if it took place? Um, like you know they did that thing. Marvel did that. Um, noir series like punisher noir iron man noir spider-man noir where they put the superheroes in like the 1920s so that's basically what it is and i was just gonna um bring up that uh it's a it's a fun creative outlet that lets you approach your your ip in a different mode of thinking and it's really great to re-energize uh how you think about your creations so I, I think it would be great if more, more creators did this. Um, and I, I hope that more do. I hope that any ones that have already done it get released on DVD like this. The only problem is I don't know where to put this in my collection. I'm tempted to move all of Gona Guy's stuff into one area, but it doesn't feel appropriate. So I guess I just leave this under – do I put this under CB character or Gona Guy world or – I'll probably leave it under G for going to guy. Yeah, my two cents, put it with the devil man because it starts out with devil man. Yeah, but then it goes into the, the Mazinger stuff. It, it, so it's already grouped together? Yeah, I don't know. Mazinger is a part of that. Is it? Is yes. Mazinger part of devil man? Mazinger, well, they had two specials about it. Well, I'll have to check it out because um, I, I don't have Mazinger yet, I don't think. The only thing that makes my head scratch is uh, get it. I'm siding with this. Get a Robo was made by an assistant of Gona Guy Yokohama, but mm -hmm. apparently he just adopted it. Oh, uh, shoot, the Yokohama guy, guy died a while. Oh, hold that, on a second. Okay. Let's see. Oh, no, wait. Hold on. L City, I have the anime version, but not the live action. Bebop, well, if you see Bebop, uh, I have you like some rape scenes in the Jupiter Jazz. Not, let me phrase that, not rape. You'll see some, uh, it's only getting plowed. I have oh, yes, Mazen Kaiser. Mazen Kaiser. So this goes with Devilman? Yeah. It's done by Gona Guy. Yeah, but it, does it have anything to do with Devil Man? Uh, not for that. The new Cutie Honey does have Devil Man co-star. Oh God, I hate I hate creators right now. They <laughs> make this so hard. I'll have to think of that. I'll have to figure it out later. Because I won't look for. Well, I'll have to watch them. I'll have to watch them. But well, I'll figure it out later. Anyway, let me. Uh, There are three different rune. Yeah, Nuku Nuku, yeah. Uh, Bebop usually has some of the, the widest. Yeah. The only problem is it's not really a kid show, Bebop. Uh, you should watch Detroit Metal City, definitely. I've been meaning to watch that. Wait a minute. FDDNM, you said, well, yeah, the anime version, not not live action. Are you talking about Detroit Metal City? Yeah, I said I had the anime version, but not the live action. There, so there's a live action of Detroit problem. Metal City? 
Yeah, that's what was released over here first. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which one do I have? I've got I've got the one from Sentai. Yeah, this must be the anime one. Did this yeah, get released anime. again with a dub? I thought it was. What you uh, have is what I would have. So, um, JT Master says he hates Bebop's ending. Is up to the imagination of what happened to Spike because they never confirmed his death. I'm not. Yeah, I could be remembering this wrong, but um, I think that they there was a PlayStation Two video game that acted as a sequel to Cowboy Bebop, and you could play as Spike. So I don't know if you want to consider that canon, but I'll say he's alive. That's hilarious. Okay, yeah, I, I, this is definitely on the table for. I, put, I don't know where I put this stuff, but that, <laughs> that's that's definitely on the table on my end. I wouldn't mind. Uh, everyone's saying no dub, so we got to watch this stuff silent. Oh no, I was just wondering. I was just wondering if if there was a because um, Sentai, like Media Blasters, was putting stuff out and then releasing it again later with a dub. So I wasn't yeah. sure if there was a dubbed version or not. The heck did I put it though? <laughs> How do I keep doing this? I don't know. This is bizarre. Oh, anyway. So All right. So, enemy stand. So, which one next? Uh, let's talk about Doctor Slump. Doctor Slump. I'll be honest with you. For a long time, when that was going on, I thought I was watching the wrong movie <laughs> because the movie okay. is titled. Where should I put it? The How movie's titled The Treasure of Nabanaka's, Nabanaba's Castle. Yeah, and I, the whole time, for a huge chunk of the beginning, because again, I don't have my uh, my remote situation, like battery, one of the batteries in there when I moved got corroded, and it a lot of the buttons don't work, so it's difficult to select the movie. But I had to really make sure that I selected the right movie, because I didn't, I realized again, I didn't have enough time to, to sit down and watch the whole disc. So I had to get to movie four. And for the whole chunk of the beginning, that castle's not mentioned at all. And I'm like, am I watching the wrong one? But then finally, right as I, I pulled out my phone, I'm like, I was going to ask you over Facebook Messenger, like, can you tell me if I'm watching the right one? And then as soon as I start typing that, I, I heard the, the castle name. And I was like, oh, hold on, no, erase. You know, I, I must be watching the right one. So, yeah. It's just typical Dr. Slump. They're just obviously ninjas that rob a museum where the doctor who made a Raleigh is being robbed by her. I, I loved the precursor to Dragon Ball with the uh, I want to wish for strawberry panties. There you go. Yeah. In reference to the scene, the person who said that's like, should be, well, she she is an elementary school teacher, a very beautiful person that, or she lived with a doctor. She looked like Bulma's mom. There you go. Let's see, doesn't the guy with the shade looks like the announcer from Dragon Ball? Say what? Uh, if you remember the guy with the shades, 
Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, the world tournament announcer. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't the guy? Doesn't he and the guy from Doctor Slump, who yeah. also wears shades, kind of look very similar, just a swap of hair color? Good night, FDM. I'll catch you later. Um, yeah, he looks just like the uh, the announcer guy. I love. I really love um, Akira Toriyama, uh, creator of Doctor Slump and Dragon Ball and all that. Um, I love his character design. Um, and I love how how he's able to create. Well, for instance, the style of those chibi characters. That's Krillin and Goku in the beginning of Dragon Ball. You know, um, and it's just so bizarre how those characters can look so different from the other characters, and yet they somehow can exist in the same um, universe cohesively. You know, it's just bizarre. Right. I'm really bummed, um, come to think of it, uh, that uh, only three volumes of Blue Dragon got released over here. Yeah, on the world. That's insulting. I think you can stream it on stream it online somewhere, but... God, you know how many times I, I bought this? I'm so mad. <laughs> um, these stupid exclusive blue cases for Blue Dragon, and this one's all junked up on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I've already bought like three this three times to try to solve these problems that I've had with this series with UPC slashes and stuff. So annoying. Uh, for me, for the movie, I enjoy it quite well. Once again, another one that doesn't feel like the whole time. If anything, it felt like 15 minutes watching it for me. So it starts me, out very... Good. For me, how this movie starts out, it feels feels like a parody scene from Cat's Eye. Then all of a mm. sudden, we're entering DuckTales territory. A bit, yeah. And out of nowhere, we're in like this scene that was reused in Dragon Ball GT with the, with the doll cult. When they were trying to search for the Black Star Dragon Balls. Mm -hmm. I have to check that out. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't catch that. that uh, I didn't see that. I didn't recognize oh. it. If you're looking for some for what like 90 mi minutes and you just need it to go by fast, I'd recommend this movie. It's only 48 minutes. 48 minutes. So yeah, uh, it's because uh, I had to decide like okay, how much time do I have? Because I don't want to not watch the stuff. Um, I was like, oh sweet, 48 minutes, awesome. You know, <laughs> that's that's gonna be easy to get through. Because freaking a simple insert an hour long. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, um, but. Uh, I thought it, it was great, uh, and I loved the. Um, I love how wild they went with it, and then at the end they they grew those trees that grew bread and cheese. Bread, and cheese, spaghetti, meat, sausage. Just and then they're like, "Yes, trees. we'll be able to feed people. Let's just grow these in town." It's like, why not apples? <laughs> why not? Why not the trees you could have already done? <laughs> Well, that's a fruit and veggie. No one wants to eat that. We want to eat stuff like Twinkies. Twinkies <laughs> on a tree is the way of the future, people. The the director of this, uh, let's see here. I did research this time. Uh, Hiroki Shibata. Hiroki Shibata. He also directed Bobo Bobo Bobo. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can kind of see. 
I kind of saw some elements from that from this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh man, remember when the enemy, when the bad guy came in with that so bland of a mask? Yeah. Like it's. I found it. I got a scratch for that Dr. Slump down there, huh? Say what? Yeah, I got a scratch for that Dr. Slump down there, huh? What do you mean? Nothing. Nothing. Skip over that. Um, I just noticed on the back that there's a picture of Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star right here. That's a character later on on that uh, these martial arts brother and sister move into the town. Yeah. That's definitely that's definitely a reference to Kenshiro. Um, I, I remember when uh, this five pack was first released out out of nowhere. They give it to some podcast or some other people to try to give this movie away to people, which is fine. It's a great thing to buy. I just kind of wonder what they have to go through to do some events like that. Uh, I think you, um, just, you just need to. They, you need to have a following. You know, um, okay. I opportunities like that will will happen for us eventually. We just need to uh, we need to keep growing our reach. You know. By the way, I, I'm meaning to mention um, if anybody out there is watching one of my videos or the podcast or anything, and something that we talk about, you decide to actually buy. Let us know in the comments. You know, like just mention like. You know, what you guys said about this here or there or whatever, like that, that prompted me to actually buy it, you know, because that is going to go a long way for us in the future. Um, if there's ever a problem with, cause you know, a lot of Japanese um, producers, uh, there's a lot of drama on YouTube about, for instance, and I'm not, I'm not endorsing any of these channels, but um, people like Chibi Reviews had, had something happen where um, some company in Japan flagged him for copyright uh, infringement and the video was literally just him sitting on his porch talking about the content. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if you ever actually pick something up because of a recommendation for us, uh, from us, um, go ahead and mention it in the comments because that'll go a long way to protect us against, um, against that kind of BS that people will see, okay, look, these people are generating revenue for us, you know, especially on things that I show clips from the stuff in, um, uh, like the first impression series. So anyway, more about others. Yeah. Other elements of the movie that I enjoy since this is a movie that's outside of the normal realm. They're like actors in this. I like when a, a Raleigh points to other characters like, Oh, you're a policeman in this one. And kind of yeah. breaks the whole illusion of imagination there. Um, Doctor Slump is a lot more freeform than Dragon Ball. Um, they literally just take the characters and do whatever the heck they want with them, which is great. I'm glad that they do that, but I'm glad that um, Akira Toriyama got that out of his system. With I'm I'm glad that he had an outlet for doing that before Dragon Ball came around. Let's say. Let's see. Um, anything else for this one? I know it was a short movie, but I thought we'd have no, more to say than this. It, it was fun. Um, 
for some reason I'm having trouble remembering uh, a big chunk in the middle. I remember them, the genie. There's a lot. There's there's a like there's like two or three too many fart jokes in it. I'll say that. I don't know something about me. I just like uh, I it's the low hanging fruit comedy is so lazy to me. It's so annoying. I love but, uh, it. I keep thinking. Uh, oh well. I mean, there are some there are some things that can earn it in terms of the circumstances they set set up around the story, but it gets irritating to me. And I don't know. Uh, it just felt like uh, cheap laughs uh, every once in a while. But that's the only real complaint I had about it. Oh well, I, I thought that added more to the fun, inviting nature and world of Doctor Slump. Anybody else want to say anything in the chat? They're having their own conversation about uh, some other series. Maze. I can't understand what my husband is saying, which is awesome. I haven't checked that out. Okay. Yo-Yo's back. Back and forth again. Um, That's how much I paid for Spice and Wolf as well. Uh, I should get Spice and Wolf, but I can't. Um, money situation right now is killing me. Um, so since you've got the other one, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold this version of assemble insert. Oh wow! Yeah, this is the. Uh, well, I think this is the original release so the premise of this show never send the cops to do an idol singer's job I, it was it was about as good as i remember it which isn't to say that it was that good but it was it was how i remembered it um i agree steinsgate was a masterpiece uh fantastic i'm still trying to get augie to watch it augie People won't just watch keep burning People won't let the show die, but okay, show finally dies. I'll bring it up more. Um, They'll watch it. So, uh, the one thing I really loved about their explanation for why they chose the idol singer is just because people hate cops. <laughs> people hate cops more and more every day. They won't hate an idol singer. <laughs> Like that's that's all the ration the rationalization you need to, to create your premise like this. And apparently she's just like retardedly strong. And apparently there's an evil demon group uh, organization wreaking havoc all across the country and where they're like sinking forty million dollars into these countermeasures that aren't going anywhere, which is a critique on government uh, spending, I'm assuming. <laughs> The original creator, uh, Masami Yuki, the stuff that he's created was Birdie the Mighty. He was a one of the major contributors to Pat Labore. He made one one of the series of it, not the whole, but like mm -hmm. one of the off series. Mini Pato, probably. Uh, I believe it's New Case Files. Maybe I could be wrong on it. Oh. Uh, 
also he he's he's not the one who created it, but he's the one that's in charge of uh, Adam the beginning right now. So is you know, I didn't know that beforehand, but I'm I'm impressed with this guy. Uh, to me, with the symbol insert, it's probably the cheaper version of uh, Perpetual Earth Defense Force. I, in different ways, feel like it was a cheaper version of Plastic Little. Okay. But I think, uh, I think um, you're right. Perpetual Earth Defense Force, there's a lot more going on there. That I can, I can see why you jumped to that over what I said. Well... I see bits of Project ACO, but I don't mm. see enough of it to match that. I, what threw me off was I thought the person who animated or worked on this also worked on My Dear Marie, which it's not, My Dear Marie did not even touch this series. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed the main character. Now she's, well, ditzy, not out of high school yet, but always succeeds in what she does while yeah. it, Causing massive calamity around them. Yeah. The plot of the end of the bad guys is hilarious. But like you said, with the commentary of the good guys, oh man, they are majority of them are from the '90s. That's the only way that they can exist. Because you have the serious boss. The I want to say they're. Uh, Okay, the guy with the shades, that's their boss, right? Then the older gentleman with the mustache, is that their weapons expert or is that their supervisor? Let me find the DVD you're looking at. <laughs> Dang it. Hey, it's over here. Look, look. Because this one doesn't have... I, I don't remember. Um, I honestly listened to this one more than I watched it because I'd already seen it. Aww. But... Uh, I love that part when they when they said, um, uh, "Quick, bring out the confetti and balloons." I was like, "Oh shoot, we already took it down." And they like they like rolled out that, you know, the ball from uh, that you've seen in Smash Bros. Oh yeah, you know, the, the, the party ball. ball and then it like rolls off the stage and pops open and the stuff shoots out. God, how did I the, lose all this know, stuff? The bad guys are in first. They're like in the riches, and when they got attacked, they're like in. Suburb place to meet up. Yeah, what was his and, his line? He's like, um, wait, spending money on frivolous things is the best way to make it shine, or something, something, there you go. something like that. There you go. <laughs> then at the end, they're like in a like in the shit shack with all their robots that they're attacking with not looking the same. The they put a lot into the mech designs because that. Yeah. Each time I saw them, it didn't feel like the same thing. It was animated differently, so it has like a different life. Yeah, and it's from a, it's from a it. time it's from a time when things were hand animated on oh, cells yeah. and everything, so it has that that look to it too. Oh, um, I also I like how how lazy. How the hell I lost this again? Also, like how lazy one of the good guys are, like uh, one of the adults that are trying to hire or trying to work with her. Mm -hmm. uh, Got it. Okay. 
Now I've got the context of what you were talking about. <laughs> oh, I need to stop sitting on that table. Have the same problem you were describing. Numb butt. There you go. Anyway, so um, overall, um, it's it's fun, but it's not spectacular. What do you think? Um, do not spend over 30, and if you spend 30, make sure that is newly sealed and not touched. Um, I, I would say you could probably get this for 12 bucks. Oh, yeah, you can get it cheap. Yeah. Um, now, since the it's chat's old, getting man. totally away from uh, what we're talking about, um, I feel like we should wrap up, assemble, insert. Uh, Fair enough. So, is there anything in the current anime industry that you'd like to change, and what would it be? What I'd like to change is this nonsense about making box sets the uh, that don't fit in the bookcase. That's about it. Well, what's I, I'd like on? to. Sorry, go ahead. What's going on lately? That's that's happened for a long time now. We're at a point where. Why are we getting not as much over from Japan? Japan, like we should, we're getting stuff instantly streamed. That's awesome. Yeah. But how come we don't have the same, same media, like the same media library as they do at this point? Since everything's a click away, I know that gets into a lot of uh, what are the what are the business costs? What are the business? That, uh, business mitigation with the contracts, who's earning what, how come they get more than we do. I understand there's a whole lot of hassle, but we should be at a point where it should be more readily, it is more readily available, but we should be able to get a lot more licenses. Than you know, a couple of years ago, I felt like there was just an explosion when Sentai first um, hit the scene. It just like there was an explosion. I couldn't keep up with how much anime was coming out, you know. Um, so I'm still catching up. So I haven't really noticed because I exclusively watch stuff that I own. So I haven't really noticed what you're describing yet. But I'm kind of glad that it's that way because that explosion has made it really hard to uh, to keep oh, no. up with it as a collector. And of course, I'm suffocating with all this stuff oh, around me. Oh, don't get me wrong. Right now we're spoiled. It's just we should be at that extra push of exactly the same same titles available both regions. Yeah. Well, but one I, thing maybe I was spoiled here. One thing I will say, if I could change things, first of all, the major problems in the industry right now are due to the economy. They can't. That's not a simple fix, you know. Um, but. Uh, what I would like to see, if I could just have things magically be fixed, I'd like to see more old-school animation techniques being used still. That's what I'd like to see. And this watercolor. Yeah, watercolor backgrounds. Yeah, I just, I miss, I miss the old hand-drawn style of things. Um, yeah, like this is, that's one of the reasons I wanted to watch this, which ironically, uh, everything else we watched sort of catered to the same desire, but just like the, 
like if you look at the character design, just the messiness in the hair, you know, and stuff, and just the way that the the lines are chosen and stuff. I just I I really enjoy that. You know, oh, yeah, the whole character design fits the character. Some of the details. Yeah. You can see like the personality as you look at them. Not yeah. a hallmark gift card. Here you go. This is what it's always it always is. But well, I feel like um, certain different studios are able to create some very like, for instance, Kyo Annie. Uh, is pretty good at making characters that their personality really comes across. Maybe not in their in their design, you know. Maybe not so simplistically, but in the actions and the type of animation. Like um, Chunibyo is a really great series, um, for an example, where each character, like they look. You know, let me put it this way: in Dragon Ball, there's kind of a joke where. You could, um, if all the characters were bald, you couldn't tell them apart, right? With the exception of Vegeta, who has the uh, the lines on the side of his head, basically. Right, um, the widow's peak. Well, not the widow's peak, but the like he's got like the indentation lines. Sometimes they draw them. Yeah. You know, but the idea is that if they were all bald, you couldn't you couldn't tell them apart, right? But um, right. Uh, with with uh, Chunibyo, for example, it's like they're wearing school uniforms and stuff, but um, there are subtle differences between the different characters, and they're handled uh, in the way that they that they are portrayed. Um, basically, let's say the way that the characters are acting, like the acting as if they were being acted out by actors, um, is handled animation-wise in a remarkably interesting way. Um, and I think that they've really they've really come into uh, modern style of doing things that is succeeding really well. Whereas companies like Gonzo, there's kind of a reason why that studio is not really around so much, you know? Um, they really, they still release stuff. You can technically almost say the same thing with Madhouse, but Madhouse kind of releases a good quality in my opinion. Yeah. Um, old man, I'll, I'll catch you later. He says he's calling it a night. Yeah, no, this is rough for people. The only reason we do them on Thursdays, every other Thursday, is because of Augie's work schedule, and it doesn't exactly make it easy on the <laughs> on the audience. <laughs> but um, it is what it is right now. We'll see if that changes in the future. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's really all 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 I would say. Um, it's interesting to be able to look back and see the trends in the animation and stuff change oh, yeah. over time. Um, and I really enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of along for the ride. Uh, there's enough old stuff out there that I can still get my hands on and still watch and still enjoy that. I'm not, um, I'm not looking to change much, you know, obviously I'd love it if, if the economy all around the world, you know, would, uh, improve. Um, if, uh, Businesses could could do well, and we could get back to a, sort of a renaissance, um, uh, a big old booming economy like we had, you know, sort of in in the '90s and um, earlier and stuff. It, it would be great if we could all get to that point where we could then throw tons and tons of money on uh, on uh, movies and stuff. Because there was a time when being a visual effects artist in Hollywood. 
you made just crazy amounts of money. Um, but uh, nowadays, because VFX artists are a dime a dozen, they, uh, well, let's just say there's a reason why Rhythm and Hughes or whatever went out of business right after winning all those awards for Life of Pi, you know? Um, and I see the same thing happening with animators in Japan, um, where being an animator, by the way, is a really tough job. Um, because in order to be good at it, it is your life. I mean, every, it's, it's like, um, you have to be like a savant. Like it's, it's it, your social interactions with people suffer because everywhere you go, you're constantly studying how people move and, and stuff. And it's like, it's, it's something where there's no room for a normal life when you're devoted to your craft like that. So, um, I'd like to see um better conditions for people working in the studio i'd like to see money being handled better and i just overall i wish that that people got compensated fairly for what they bring to the table let's just say that so anyway but other than that i don't really have much else to say i understand why things are the way that they are okay so we're at the wrapping up point yeah. Whose turn is it to decide what to watch next? Because we won't have a convention talk to talk about next time. Yeah, well, um... And we still have not talked about live action Saint Seiya or Bleach, which I was going to move towards tonight, but it, we can push that another time. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll put that on the agenda for the next podcast. Um... Two weeks. Let's see. I'm going back to I'm going back to California to pick up my wife to take her back to Arizona to go to a doctor's visit and then take her right back to California that same day, um, so that we can go see um, Ancient Magus Bride in theaters. Oh, awesome! I I need to look that up. See if that's playing where I'm at. But that might be a California only. I don't. I don't know. She sent me information on it. I've been. I've been letting her do all the all the logistics on it. Because um, I've just been. Ever since I got back from AX, I've been. Um, I've been living off of granola bars and. Uh, um, water and just cranking out, editing and stuff. Just working on videos. So. Um, what I'm getting at is that. In the next two weeks, I, I might not have the same, like, just like these last two weeks, I didn't really have time to devote to watching stuff. Um, this time, I'm definitely not going to cram it all at the last minute, because um, I realized that there was plenty of times when I was doing test renders, I could have sat down and watched something, and I didn't, I, I didn't think to. Um, but um, looks like our YouTube quality has gone down quite a lot with that John's post. I'll have to catch the ending of this when it's posted on YouTube because my video keeps refreshing and there's uh, no sound. All right. Well, let's try to. I mean, we're gonna. We'll just. Oh yeah, the HD. Uh, the HD just disappeared. It was. It said HD a minute ago, and now it doesn't. All right. Well, let's try to wrap this up. Um. So, uh, let's let's just grab something and. Uh, do we want to do? Um, are we interested in doing uh, Detroit Metal City? Because I think uh, we're do that. Most of the stuff that we watched last time was sub only. 
Okay, so you want to do something that isn't sub only? Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, I've got the Kashi Kashi now. You want to do that? We could do that. Is um, Gyo Tokyo okay. Fish Attack is only Japanese, okay? Yeah, why don't we do the Kashi uh, Kashi? Okay, we'll have that be. We'll label this as my pick. Okay. For fairness. Alrighty. Well, um, see you later, YouTube. Thank you for tuning in to us. And it's fixed now. We decided on Takashi Kashi the for our next visual re, uh, watch through. Yeah. This is only what thirteen episodes. Yeah, thirteen, twelve, something like that. Twelve. Yeah. Okay, that should be that should be doable. Um, so, as far as I'm concerned, you know, just going forward about the whole like whose turn is it to pick. As long as I haven't seen it uh, yet, I, I'm totally cool with whatever you want to pick because it helps okay. me. It helps me to keep getting through stuff in my collection. Um, so this week we're through Takashi Kashi, and then um, did we have something else that was short that we had talked about earlier? I feel possibly, like half, half, the chat, half the chat is probably asleep now. Yeah. There was Detroit Metal City. There was something else that Metal was. City. There was uh, the diaper robot. One. No, I don't have that though. It was Jubei Chan. Judenchan? Um, well, either of those. Uh, well, if uh, if I think of it, I'll put it on. Um, I'll put it out through Twitter and uh, the Facebook page. Uh, but but for now let's just uh, let's just have the Gashi Kashi as our as our main thing. I have watched Little Nemo. I remember getting uh, traumatized by it as a kid because they played it in the uh, IKEA, um, like the you know the play area for kids at the in at the IKEA my parents went to. They dropped me off at. Yeah, that's a that's a awesome. terrifying uh, thing. Anyway, uh, I think we should wrap up. Otherwise, we're not going to. We're just going to keep with right. this. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for watching. Um, and as soon as I start working on the grab bag series, which is going to just take days upon days upon days of me censoring stuff, um, I'm going to sit down and watch all of the uh, previous podcasts, and I'll get the link dump sort of sorted out and everything so it's easier for you guys to uh, um, to come back uh, and and know where certain things were in the description. You just be able to click on where we talked about this or that or whatever. So, anyway, um, I'll chat with you guys another time, um, and we'll see you not next week, but the week after that. All right, take it easy. Later.